good things must come to an end eventually. Is that right, Tyler? That is right, Brevin. And we are coming to an end of this podcast, Red Dead Reflection. Well, actually, not necessarily to the podcast, but well, to- Well, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, we we're don't not- know yet. <laughs> We're not gonna lock it in, even on this episode. Um, welcome to Red Dead Reflection, where Brevin plays through Red Dead Redemption 2. Actually, now that's past tense, right, Brevin? <laughs> where Brevin played through played through Redemption 2 and we discuss it as he went um that, we that doesn't, past tense now? That doesn't <laughs> <laughs> no we can, we're not gonna do that so if you have not beaten Red Dead Redemption 2 please stop listening see no I did I did it again no you can't you no you can't just that, know no. that we will be spoiling Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption 2 and the first <laughs> Red Dead Redemption also probably Grand Theft Auto 5 and Far Cry 3 whatever <laughs> we end up discussing you can't say it like that. What's the last mission I played? You have to still do it this way. You one. wanna? Okay, what's the last mission you played, Brevin? American Venom. American Venom, the mission. Which, and we can talk about it more, but that's the only mission that you left yeah, for this week. I, so the funny thing is, if if you don't remember from last week, uh, I purposely played, I had like 10% left of the game last week, and I played 5%, and I was like, okay, I'll leave the other 5%. For the next week, but the other five percent turned out to be one mission. That's just kind of long, so <laughs> yeah. I literally left a single mission to finish the game with. It does beg the question how they gauge what the percentage is, though. Like, do they just make it up and say, or is it like average play time? What is? What I, is it? I don't know, man. Because I feel like that was a long mission, but it wasn't as long as like the six that I played before. As yeah, because the other six were like slower missions too. Anyway, but yeah. anyway. Um, first things first, we have a boatload of emails, oh Brevin. Oh god, a boatload. What's a boatload? I, I'm looking at, I'm looking at six pages in this oh document. Oh <laughs> and I tried to, like, cut things out, but, like, I'm, I'm really bad at it. I think I need to, like, ha- hire an editor to, because I just, I, I feel bad if I don't include everything. Do we have a budget for that? No. <laughs> no. I checked. Um, so if you aren't interested in listening to us talk about emails and just skip to the timestamp in the description of this episode, um, I think it will be probably like the meat of this episode though. Yep, so it whatever, probably will be. though, different strokes, <sighs> anything, actually, how are we doing Brevin status check? What's going on in the, well, don't tell me what's going on in the world, but what's going on in your world? <laughs> well, you see the, there's a thing called coronavirus. That's <laughs> happening. <laughs> Um, you know, things are still kind of the same. I feel like every day is melded into one. It's, I'm still not at work currently. Um, you know, taking that week by week. Uh, we still haven't hit the peak where we are yet. So things are still just as bad as they have been. And that's it. It, It's all bleak. It's not good news. Oh, 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 you mean infection. Yeah, infection rate. Number of cases. Yeah. Where where you and I are. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know when this is going to stop, honestly. I think that I think that is it dramatic to say that life is forever changed? Probably. Oh, life is forever changed. Okay. Or at least changed <laughs> changed in our life. Yes. Maybe not forever. Not for everyone's life. You think you think for the remainder of our lifetimes, we I mean, I guess yeah, we will be seeing ramifications of this because it's yes, different. There will, yeah, there will be things that will be changed. Face masks will be cool. Either way, we are in this together. So, you know, just take a deep breath. I started uh, daily meditations, by the way. Like, Ooh, how's that going? Five minutes. Um, just I thought you were about to say, I started daily meditation like five minutes ago. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm currently meditating as we speak. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. Um, I, I just, you just focus on your breathing for five minutes. 
and you, your mind gets distracted naturally and you just try to bring it back and bring it back and bring it back and then that's all it is. Um, and it's really, it's pretty nice. It helps, it helps you with your sense of calm and your focus. Actually, I think I had a very productive weekend and it might've had to do with that. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm going to give that a try. I got nothing else to much, do. But yeah, so. I mean, really like if we have a chance to try out meditation, now is the time. Oh, yeah. And you know, now is a great time to, well, a time in which we would benefit from it the most, I think, cause we're oh, all yeah, sort of sure. losing our minds collectively. Mm-hmm. <sighs> how are you doing besides I, uh, meditation uh, 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 i don't know man all right that wasn't what i was <laughs> i yeah i mean i i have good news in that i'm like moving out so that's a huge oh, yeah. life change for me but i also don't know like is it a terrible decision to make when society is falling apart <laughs> but then i think about how like all that society is is our belief in it collectively so if i (laughs) live under the assumption that society will fall apart then i'm contributing to the problem by not believing in society itself why don't you just not believe in society at all and then you don't you're just yourself that's it you can just pretend nothing else is happening in the world so um, i'll consider it i'll I'll get back to you (laughs) okay actually no i won't because if i (laughs) that's true if i decide to go down that path then that's it (laughs) no more podcasts Anyway, Thomas writes in. Thomas! You know Thomas. Great great guy, great listener. Very consistent writer. Thank you for writing in, Thomas. He's, he's got some feedback for the podcast in general. Awesome. Um, email segment is not boring and helps set up the episode for the things we missed last week. That's a very good point. That's and true. Tyler's ranting is sometimes too much, but most of the time contributes to <laughs> what you're talking much. about in the first place. I can understand that. I, think I, do you... feel, I do feel that way a tiny bit sometimes, but you know what? I'm just going <laughs> to let you go. Hit the nail on the head there. Um, wouldn't I, I don't know, man. wouldn't be me without the ranting, I guess. Oh, so. no, of course. Like ni- 98% of the rants are, are 100% worth being recorded. <laughs> the other 2% is like the final 5% of your rant where it's just nothing. <laughs> I don't know if that... That percentage math adds up, but I don't want to spend too much time on it. Um, So he sets up our expectations for Red Dead 1 a little bit and how it's a smaller map, different gameplay, regenerating health and no manual lever pulling when you fire the weapons. Regenerating health, like fast regenerating. I forgot. That's weird. Yeah, it's sort of like the old Call of Duty way with the jam on your face. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's just saying when you start the game, expect it to be different, which I think is a good reminder for us. I guess we're gonna play Red Dead One, right? Have we started saying well, that yet? I'm, I'm you still, not you say still want to? I think it's just funny now, not to okay. say. <laughs> All right. Well, in the event that we do play it for the podcast, uh, expect it to be different, which I think is a nice reminder because we don't, you don't want to play Red Dead Two and be like, oh my god, I can't wait to see what things are like for John after this, and then it's like, yeah, and then you like, why does, why are the textures so terrible? I don't know. They're really not that bad. I don't know. We'll see. No, they're pretty bad compared to Red Dead 2. Red Dead 2's graphics are like like bounds and leaps ahead of Red Dead 1. Yeah, that's not... Yeah. It's tough. But it's not what it's all about. We need to just look at the game as a whole and not not inspect the quality of the dirt textures or whatever. (laughs) In episode 17, you talked about how when you're a kid, you think and take things in differently. I agree with that, but games nowadays are more different than games when you were 13. Games like The Last of Us or Life is Strange are examples of games with characters and scenarios that make the player feel emotionally attached to who they are playing as. So this is in reference to, um, I was talking about how I, 
I think I said something like when I played games when I was 13, they had more of an impact on me mm-hmm. and I was just more immersed with them. Um, and Thomas is bringing up the point that like, yes, you were younger, but also games were different and you can't discredit that, which I think is sort of rare in that our industry is so young that the not our industry, the industry of video games. <laughs> the is, industry that Tyler owns of video games. <laughs> it's my industry. Um, it's so young that it's it's evolving, like, super quickly, ridiculously quickly. Yeah, and, no, it's like a new era of gaming is, like, every, like, five years. Like, something, some big craze is here, whether it's microtransactions or, like, 3D graphics or something like that. I mean, I might even go beyond crazes, though, and say, like, the actual... <sighs> composite quality improves with things like character development and world building and you know graphical fidelity is one thing in in of itself but what Mm. it allows the narrative designer to achieve with more realistic character facial expressions for example Mm. elevates it in my opinion um that's yeah that's tough to say because you don't want to discredit old games and say old game is old like some people do um but there is like the toolbox is far greater nowadays than it was. So That's we can't sure. really say that it's apples to apples. Like, like I can say like, oh, a movie that I saw when I was 13 was, you know, really inspirational because I was 13 and I related mm-hmm. to it in such and such way. And chances are that movie that I would have watched when I was 13 isn't that different from movies today because movies has been, have been around for a hundred and whatever years yep. and they've had enough time to mature. So, yeah, very good point. Do you have any thoughts on that, Brad, before we move on? I mean, that's exactly why you see so many remakes nowadays of games. But there's, I think, you know, you have the cash grab remakes where they don't change anything except the graphics. But then you have, I started playing Resident Evil 2 Remake. Mm. That is a game that was worthy of a remake. And, like, they did a great job on it. Because that brings it up to a modern standard of a game without taking away too much from what the game actually was before. Yeah, because I think, I think you can say that like oh i don't care about graphics i just care about gameplay but like fidelity does add something up to a certain point um a band that i listened to car seat headrest released an album in like early 2000s that he actually i think i think i don't know it's it's either one guy or like two guys um but at the time it was just one guy and he recorded it like with a toaster mic in his closet or whatever Mm -hmm. like in his car like he would go and park his car and record it so then recently he took that same album and he re-recorded it all with like a studio budget. And it's like, it's not, it, it, they're the same songs, but because the quality is greater, I think you can understand more of what he's going for with his mm-hmm. design and art and, you know, artistic direction that you wouldn't get if it was just the poor quality input devices and everything. That's like a true remaster. I've never heard of a, an artist doing that for an album. That it's very so good cool. check it out if you're interested in car seat headrest car seat headrest i don't know what i don't even i don't want to try to say what genre he is but i You've guess told it's me like about punk or know. them yeah all right anyway so i'm not even see see this is my problem with the email segment i'm only halfway through thomas's email <laughs> and we got a lot of emails so i'm going to try to pick up the pace a little bit all right by the way um i did cut some things out here and there um if you wrote in with movie suggestions i set them aside because we got a lot of people saying oh if you're if you want to watch westerns you can watch this you can watch mm-hmm. that um very good stuff we have a lot of movies we got to watch now brevin so <laughs> whether we like it or not <laughs> um but i'm not going to read those on the air just just know that if you wrote in and are expecting that all right so 
Okay, so <laughs> Thomas makes... So <laughs> because we keep saying, oh, maybe we, if we play Red Dead 1, Thomas might, writes in with a bunch of compelling arguments as to why we should play Red Dead 1. <laughs> um, <laughs> he says that we built up listeners and Red Dead is in the title. You couldn't play Assassin's Creed or Fallout 4 with this podcast name, <laughs> which I love. I, I mean... I don't think we would use this podcast to play through like Far Cry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Far Cry. It's always back to Far Cry. Yes, we would not do that. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you can always just make another podcast, and probably listeners would drop off. But that's something to consider, though. Really, like if we we did build a base around this theme, so you know, it would make sense to. So maybe we should take eight years to play Red Dead One, and then by the time we're done, Red Dead Three will be out, and then <laughs> we, we need can to continue. space it out. Yeah, we need to space it out now. We still have Undead Nightmare, remember? Oh, I yeah, was just thinking oh, about that. That's, oh, yeah, I'm excited. A Halloween if, special. if we play that again, I'm excited. If we do play that again, <laughs> keep it going. Um, yeah, and he, he basically says, and this is a direct quote, I think most people want to see some more Red Dead, man. That's what we came here for, boy. Boy. Yeah, you're right, Thomas. You're right. Um, okay, so I mentioned the big skeleton last time. He says yep. that the big skeleton might actually be from a giant man or Bigfoot, and he includes a uh, YouTube link to a bizarre Easter egg with a giant man in a cave, and he'll, like, talk to the player about how he's too big so he can't go outside. It's really Heck. weird. And it's one of the, You know how there's Easter eggs where you're like, what even is this? Yeah, like, that's one of those. That sounds yeah, like it. I don't know. I, I'm guessing it's a, it's a reference to something in literature or uh, maybe something I don't understand, but... I'm, if you if you know what this weird it's 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 a disembodied voice like you just see like the clothes the, oh, the okay, cave okay. is closed with a boulder mm. and you just hear someone talking and arthur has like a conversation with him which is sort of funny but it's i don't know it's bizarre um i want to check you that out john yeah uh i actually saw in the comments that you can do it with john and the dialogue is a little bit different so oh, this is why i love this game this game is so good it, it, yeah like, who know. would take who would do this who would put two characters and have two different like basically lines of dialogue there this is what i don't get like this took time to develop so some developer went to stand up which is like a daily meeting for developers and they were like oh so today i'm going to work on the uh giant in the cave easter egg where and li literally part of this easter egg right you follow birds to the cave and then a giant starts talking to you through the cave like that's how gotta, obscure it is this. yeah you should and, and it the the dialogue doesn't really amount to anything that's immediately apparent to me i don't know it's bizarre so yeah maybe the skeleton is a reference to that um who knows it's up to, up for interpretation right it's a trippy world the red dead world it is all right thank you so much for the emails thomas guess what brevin we got another thomas writing in Ooh, wait a different thomas a different thomas with the subject line you're all right boy <laughs> and he, he opens with i love this greetings red dead digression he got us that's that's, a, that's a sick burn right there <laughs> so he lets us know that his name is also thomas thank you but he's wow. from norway <laughs> Um, I love how so he that's lets cool. us know that his name is also Thomas. <laughs> My name's also Thomas, so don't get confused. Uh, well, there's also Thomas uh, Downs, right, in the game. Oh, yeah, so that's true. I could have confused him with him, right? <laughs> Hope we are well during these... He, he hopes we are well during these crazy times, and he's sad the story is coming to an end. After his Arthur and his quote-unquote Taya died, he got so sad and mad, he put the game down for a month. Like, that's... I, you know, I completely understand that, because, like... The, the horse death still is like one of the <laughs> yeah. worst things I've ever seen in like media. It's when it rough. comes to like hitting me. 
And and then Arthur's death on top of it. I like that you yeah. <laughs> you lead with the horse death. No, the also. horse death hit a lot harder than Arthur for some reason. Yeah, and and the fact that you are then placed in in the shoes of a character that isn't Arthur and is very obviously not Arthur, and you're you're yep. sort of forced to like if you want to continue playing the game, you need to play as his character. It's it mm-hmm. has like an icky feeling that you just want to walk away from. So I get that. Um, he does have a funny story about the final moments of the game where. Uh, when Arthur rides to confront Dutch and the gang with the music playing in the background, he didn't realize that he had to press the ride button and not steer. Like, it, it automatically steers for you. <laughs> so, while he was crying, he crashed in, into a tree and saw the horse and Arthur in slow motion just <laughs> crashing with the sad music. It was so stupid. <laughs> I love that. Uh, oh my god, that is that's tragic. Isn't that, that actually tragic? <laughs> Oh my that's God. an only in video games thing man like yeah, that's, that's just what oh. a weird funny moment i'm glad oh. you you had that but it it does sort of take the wind out of the scene huh? oh it does completely <laughs> oh my god all right now we got a question so here oh. we go all right what would you like to see if a new red De- red dead redemption <gasps> game ever comes also do you think it will so double all right there. so I'll, I'll answer the easier question first so, will a new one come? Yes, because money. That's the only reason why. Um, not the only on, reason on. why. Can I what? counter that? You really don't think a new Red Dead will ever come out? I'm just, I'm just thinking about how if if mo- okay, if money is a primary concern, Red Dead Online is not doing nearly as well as Grand Theft Auto Online. Mm-hmm. So, if they're thinking about efficiency and the amount of investment that Red Dead Redemption Two must have been for the online to not be making as much money. Also, this is all hearsay. We don't really know these numbers, but you can get a sense by, like, player bases and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like... I don't I don't know, man. Like, they, they obviously made boatloads of money on Red Dead Redemption 2, yep. right? But if they are thinking, okay, what's the next multi-hundred million dollar project for us to do? They might say, well, we spent less money on GTA 5 and made... A gazillion more dollars. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You so. know, I'm I'm thinking about that more, too. And I'm curious, like, you know, you could continue the whole cowboy thing. Like, but is it ever going to get boring? Like, I don't know. You know, do you know what I'm saying? I think it I think it wouldn't get boring if it was spaced out enough. I think cowboys are always cool. But, well, that's for sure. Cowboys are always cool. So, like. What's a? Um, I'm not gonna ask you this, but rhetorically, what's a realistic date for when the next Red Dead might come out? I wouldn't say till like 2020, like 2027, 2026. Like we're not we're talking like six or seven years. Away. I would put GTA six. I would say maybe even like 2030. Maybe. I mean, at this point, games I don't know, are taking man. longer to make, right? Like, that's for sure. Yeah, and GTA six, whatever that ends up being, like that's not coming out till 2023, in my opinion, at the earliest. Maybe yeah. not that late, 2022. But I don't know. It's a long time away. What was the first question besides that? <laughs> well, what do you... Uh, before we move on... To, yeah, I mean, the, the, other, the other question is what do you want out of a new Red Dead Redemption? But oh, I do okay. want to talk about what's so funny and odd to me about Rockstar is the dichotomy between their, like, interest and follow-through with creating, like, massive, compelling narratives mm-hmm. while also creating these money-grabbing online cultures that like just it's it's almost like i don't know the the difference in values at play is so 
weird to me that you can you can have microtransactions to buy. I mean, I guess Red Dead isn't that bad, and not, I don't know. Is GTA I haven't 5 played online, so I can't bad? add to that. GTA Five. <clears throat> Yes, but <laughs> it's like it's playable. It's fun. Like I've I've been on it, and it's fun with friends. I can say that. But any game is usually kind of fun with friends. Like that kind of redeems the bad qualities of a game because you're you're playing. Like, I'm, I was playing through Resident Evil Six with my friends, and a lot of people think Resident Evil Six isn't a good game. But you know, I it was okay with a friend. Like I enjoyed it. I would Sh- never play it alone. Experiences are more valuable. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. It's it's a grind. That's what I'll say. It's a grind, that's for sure. There's a that, lot of stuff to get in that game if you're just starting out. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's almost like <laughs> what I imagine to be taking place is they have like the core team that creates these massive open world single player experiences. And then after they release that, they pluck like 5% of that team and throw them on the multiplayer and then just try to most efficiently make a lot of money off of the player base. That's that's how I envision their business model, while the while the core goes on then to the next giant game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have no idea. So, no, oh, there's a there's a line you have to you can't cross when it comes to like pricing how things are, but still making the game fun. And I don't know if Rockstar's gotten that line down perfectly. I still feel like everything's way too well, especially now. Everything's way too expensive. When when online came out, did you play online when it first came out? Yeah, I remember grinding that mission with the bikers under the overpass because it paid about oh, yeah. like eight thousand dollars, but it only took like five minutes to do if you just ran mm-hmm. through it. That's what yeah. I remember about GTA Online. That's it, that's awful. That's <laughs> <laughs> because well, w- the reason why is because everything costs so much money and they entice you with it. So mm-hmm. what it turns into is okay, what's the most efficient way for me to make money? And then it's just a job at that point. It's not a. It's not fun. You're not having fun while you're yeah, because you're playing the same thing over, over and over again. again. Yeah, yeah. It was. It wasn't nearly as bad back then as it is now. Like if you're new starting out in GTA Online, I don't even understand. Like you're so overwhelmed with like how much stuff. Like you need millions. Of, you probably need like a. I don't want to say a billion dollars, but like <laughs> close to five hundred million to get like everything in that game. Probably by now. Probably more than that. Which they is, like they insane. need to keep raising the bar as far as like, quote unquote, beating it. Because if mm. they don't do that, then people will just stop playing. All right, enough about Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> what do you want out of the next Red Dead Redemption game? Main thing I want is hmm. Okay, hold on. You know, I, you know, I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna veto you... this and save it for the end of this episode. All right. How, like how do you like that? Because I, I think like that. if we have the context of how this game ends in the back of our minds and i think it'll i like that yeah we'll say right. make sure make sure Speak we don't for forget. me while i mute the mic and then click and copy and paste well yeah you really need to mute for them all right so you know i'll just answer the question now no i'm just kidding <laughs> oh my god we could still hear it you didn't even mute the mic oh no i <laughs> <laughs> hear scroll wheel going you didn't even do anything that's awesome jesus oh, i'm so sorry it's all right, all right. Oh, quality quality stuff coming out of this podcast. Of course. Now I'm now I'm not even trying 18 anymore. Episodes deep. We're still the we're still the same. <sighs> Thank you very much, different Thomas. We appreciate the. Questions. And we will get to your we will get to your question for the final part of the show. Yes. All right. This is an easy one. Gideon Ooh. writes in, first time writer. Hey what's guys, a, just what, want to say what's his or her name? Gideon. Gideon. We like that. Isn't that cool? That's cool. 
I just want to say I love the podcast. I'm currently on my third playthrough, thanks to you guys. Started listening to this podcast three weeks ago and caught up, so I'm very impatient right now. LOL. Oh my god. Keep up the good work, and I hope you guys keep going and play through Red Dead 1, because I haven't played it, although I know the main story beats parts, he says. Mm -hmm. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Gideon. We appreciate it. Um, Yeah, started. you're on your third playthrough, thanks to us. Wow. I mean, isn't that just incredible? Like, that's that's crazy. But the other thing that's crazy is doing all of our podcast episodes in, like, three weeks. Like, wow, that's a lot of us. <laughs> I don't want to listen to myself that much over three weeks. I don't weeks. know if I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, Gideon. We appreciate the support. <clears throat> Sketchy writes in. Sketchy. Brevin is right. There is such a thing as having the urge to drive your car off a bridge, etc. It has something to do with the psychology of negative suggestion, whereby you become so fixated on the idea of something that you're not supposed to do that you feel compelled to do it. Most people will experience this if, for example, they see a button marked do not press. Mm -hmm. I myself cannot go anywhere near a ledge or long drop because I get the urge to jump off. It's very strange. Yeah, I mean... That's when he puts it like that. I think I was having trouble understanding what you were saying exactly last mm-hmm. time. But when he says the something that you're not clearly not supposed to do, but then it makes you want to do it, like I can. That's see a good that. way to explain it. I feel like yeah, I do. It's just weird. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I get that urge in like a vague sense when I feel like I'm doing too much of what society expects of me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that might play into it where it's like, you're not supposed to jump off a cliff. Like, that's bad. That's what's been telecasted to you all your life. But, like, I could, you know. But, and yeah, I might. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I might. That's scary when you say it like that. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I think that that's... What What was the... Co- Why did we bring that up? I don't remember what we I were I forget what about. exactly we were talking... It, I don't know. It probably something to do with, like, making choices. And I probably brought it up randomly. It was probably... It was probably rant that off of a rant you know yep so. exactly thank you for the clarification there sketchy appreciate it um and he's talking about miss missed stranger missions and he says neither of you have mentioned my favorite one in the entire game the serial killer missions oh God, are you that, familiar with this bro i'm not that sounds awesome though so you haven't found the body underneath the railroad near valentine no that is like and i'm 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 putting my arms up to show like, his arms. my arms are hanging from ropes, but also my torso is cut off. So I'm just a oh torso my God. and I, and also my head is off. I think I, I think the I head is even... cut off too, oh, because you now go, I need to play the mission. You go up to, to like a disembodied head <laughs> yeah. and pull like a map out of the mouth. It's, what it's really heck? disturbing. It's messed up. I so, wonder if I can play it as John. I don't know. That would be an interesting experiment. I see that's what's so weird about the time skip is like can they really feasibly do that if it's a game I know I know but you're right know. it is it's tricky so I've actually only found two of these and I think you need three of the map pieces to like do the final part so unfortunately I haven't really done it either so I can't speak to it but it goes to show all the stuff that even you and I haven't done so that's what I mean. I like. I was looking up a few things. Like now that I'm able to look up things for this game, which is awesome. And like, there's just so much in this game that like you could yeah. easily miss. Yeah. David from the UK writes in. Um, I think this is the guy who leaves comments on our Instagram. Yes, that's David. Oh, okay, cool. Um, very very cool. This is the first time writing in. Um, several different thoughts from. 
oh, okay, this is me writing this, sorry. I get confused because I write down <laughs> my own words and also quotations. <laughs> yep. David has several different thoughts, and they're sort of like sporadic, so bear with me here. All right. Brevin, you do have the voice of an angel, and Tyler, you are doing a fantastic job, even with the odd memory slips. Very kind words from David. Thank you Thank so you. much. I appreciate that. <laughs> and yes, Brevin, you do have the voice of an angel. <laughs> you two have changed my opinion on certain characters in the game, specifically Charles. I appreciated him on my playthrough, but don't think I realized how much of a bro he actually is. I never noticed that he between Arthur's time bro. and John's, he becomes... Oh, I also never noticed that in between Arthur and John's time, he becomes a tank, which is funny. Yeah, that was your oh, observation, right? Yeah, he gets swole. He gets <laughs> massive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, what is there to say about Charles? I mean, he's just a great him. guy. I think I think because we talk about him so much, like we maybe <laughs> play it up. But yeah. Oh, I, I dude, definitely. No, I mean, he, it's deserved played up. Like it's deserved to yeah. be played up. 100%. Yeah. I think what's so great about these characters is if you just take a hard look at each of them, there's something else to appreciate rather than Mm. just like the immediate first impression. For sure. I've wanted to bring this up since like episode four or five, Jack Marston wears John Marston's hat and Arthur Morgan is also wearing his dad's hat. So do you, have you seen the photo of Arthur Morgan's dad by his bed? Yes, but I, well, I think so. I'm pretty sure it's like a, it's a round uh, frame, right? Is it that one? But it is a, it's a mug shot and he's got like a big mustache um i think i've seen it that sounds familiar but he's wearing the same hat as his father that's cool i didn't notice that which is cool but i don't i never got the impression that arthur had a good relationship with his dad so it's it is sort of interesting that he still holds on to that Um, maybe that's like the only connection he really has is the fact that they're both they both were outlaws i don't know yeah i mean yeah i mean they ended up having more in common than arthur might have hoped Mm -hmm. (sighs) So, um, Brevin was slightly, okay. Yes, Brevin, Brevin, I was slightly offended by the fact that you thought Sadie could be a rat. (laughs) Do you remember this? (laughs) I I actually put you on on the spot and I said, Brevin, who do you think would be a rat and like rat out the location of people? And you, you brought up Sadie as one of the people. Do you you remember why I said that? Or at least I think, well, now, now that I think about it, this is how I would defend my case. I don't remember what exactly what I said, because that was probably a long time ago. I think, I think he's responding to like different points in many different episodes. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm um it was i i think i'm assuming why i said that was because she was the one that had like the least relationship with the gang because she was like mm. the newest member quote unquote yeah that's why it kind of seems like she could be but of course now like obviously i know she would never do that it is like the classic mystery novel thing where like the new guy that comes on the scene is the one who mm. who done it uh, but no sadie is ride or die yeah sadie's great as we as we have learned um he says he he says he was screaming Micah when Tyler was asking what loose ends you had and you just didn't get it. <laughs> when I was like, "Are you you're sure there's nothing else to do in this game, Brevin? There's nothing else." I don't else? care about Micah. Let him go. <laughs> uh, yeah. He well he says who doesn't want revenge for Arthur, which I think is interesting because is it revenge for Arthur? I don't know. Like, you know. Ooh, that's a good question. Hold on, like that. I'm now it's processing. I because I I remember um. I forgot who it was. I think it was anonymous lady who wrote in and said, if you get if you have a dishonorable Arthur, then at the end Micah actually full on executes him, mm-hmm. and that's like well yeah that's getting revenge then at that point. Um, but although in that case, if it's dishonorable Arthur, then he then he went for the gold, and does John really care at that point? So then it's like a further la- layer layer yeah, of complication. Hmm. But in the honorable ending, 
Micah like beats him up, which is bad. Yep. But it it wasn't Micah that killed him; it was the tuberculosis. Yes. So, I don't know. You know, I think I don't think it's purely. Re- I think it's somewhat revenge for Arthur, a little bit. Um, but it's not purely, and I think it's revenge for just dismounting his the entire gang. One I of the layers of the onion and hatred for Ar- uh, for Micah. Excuse me. How could you? How could you hate Arthur? I'm. I know you can't. <laughs> you just can't. More than anything, what I truly appreciate about your podcast is the clear bromance going on between you two. The chemistry flows to the microphone. Aww. For Evan and I, I like bromance. That. Thank you so much, David. We appreciate Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. For sure. <sighs> are you ready? You, how's, how are we doing, Brevin? I, doing you good. Know, this is great. I like this. We got we got Rhea's email next. So oh, boy. Here we if go. If you want to take I a break, like now's the time. <sighs> I think I'm good. All right, Rhea, thank you so much for the email, as always. Two uh, two emails this week, actually. I, awesome. I combined them. So her subject line, which I appreciate, is celery in all caps. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> yep. So what's funny, I actually had some shower thoughts about this. The intent, well, I, no, this is, what, so my graphics card just spontaneously combusts recently. Rest in peace. I don't know what happened. Brevin and I troubleshooted everything. Um but I, I have a, I have a replacement coming through under warranty, so no big deal, really. Um, and while I was... In, no, wait, it wasn't that. I, I was also... I'm also trying to set up my new laptop for Linux, and it's mm-hmm. been a bit of a nightmare because the hardware's new and, like, drivers aren't updated. Or, up like, Linux kernels aren't updated. I don't know what it is. I can't really speak Something, Something's wrong. That. There's, I mean... <laughs> At my the current state of my laptop, by the way, the touchpad is working, but none of the keyboard is. Like it just doesn't. Wow, so that's. I not messed worth up it. some of the input config. No, it's because I'm. Tr- Enough. I don't want to. I don't want to go on that, that. That's a rant tangent. right there. But <laughs> Intel's latest processor line is called Acceler- Acceleron. No, it's called Celeron, or something. Cel- is that latest? That sounds old. It might not be. It might not be latest. I'm sorry. They have one called Celeron. I'm pretty sure. Well, there you go. And what? Is the root of celeron, if not celerity, celery, swiftness, right, Brevin? <laughs> yeah. And also, the word acceleration has the C E L in there. So, oh yeah, it makes sense. What it, it bothers me when when I get the definition of a word and I'm not able to connect it to like the root of the word. So, mm-hmm. I found that to be very satisfying. And now I think nice. I'm you, less. You thought about that your whole life. The acceleration. Yeah. <laughs> and there we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, enough about celery. This is uh, quoting Rhea now. I wanted to mm-hmm. mention in the last episode, Brevin seems to think John was brushing off, off Jack's panic attack during Fatherhood for Idiots. After he hold kills on, three hold on, men... Hold on, hold on, What is that? I'm trying to remember. That's not ringing a bell. After after John kills three men on the way back to Prong Oh, okay, Ranch, okay. And Jack is, like, freaking out. Yes, yeah, I remember that. Understandably so. Mm-hmm. Really. I'm going to take a drink, Brevin. Can you uh, cover for me? Yeah, um, you know, I, I still think, honestly, he was kind of brushing it off, so I want to see what Rhea has to say. <laughs> He's actually trying to be encouraging, if you choose that the honorable option, mm-hmm. and to distract and calm him down. This is actually a great parenting move. In psychology, drawing a lot of negative attention to bad events and having really dramatic reactions actually results in trauma for children. I love this moment because John shows a lot of nurturing here, a stark contrast to John in the beginning of the game. Yeah, you know, I so what are your thoughts on that, by the way? You know, I can see it when you put it that way. That does seem to make sense. 
rather than him just being like, oh, it's nothing. I this is like the th- the yeah, because it's it's like when when a, a little kid runs falls over and scrapes their knee. Some parents mm-hmm. are like, oh my god, like oh we have to fix that for you, poor thing. Yeah, and yeah. other people are like, oh you'll you're fine, whatever. Yeah. Which I think the latter is the appropriate response because you don't yes. want to build up this event and like like the the reaction can be as traumatic as the thing itself. Yep. yep so if exactly. if if John was like, oh my god, like ah, oh, I don't want like freaking out or making it worse leaning into it you know mm-hmm. then i think that would be a worse reaction than to say like oh all right man like you're cool like we're good yeah that makes sense that's a you know what i like that you've convinced you've convinced him ria yeah did you've, it. Conv- you've convinced me i can't i don't have any arguments against it <laughs> um yeah and i i like the mention of the stark contrast to john in the beginning of the game because in the beginning of the game he really was sort of a jerk oh yeah that's for sure just like not just like awkward and like didn't you could tell he didn't really want to be there but he didn't want to mm-hmm. be anywhere else either he just I, existed yeah i actually remember a random encounter where oh what's her name karen yeah is that one mm-hmm. of the like forgettable people <laughs> i mean she yeah i remember the name i can't is it like the blonde yeah i'll show you a picture oh yeah that looks like blonde hair to the white or blonde i can't tell because it's black and white so. <laughs> it's a black and white <laughs> looks like blonde hair <laughs> okay Brevin. um john was like drunk at camp and he was flirting with karen and trying to like hook up with her which is just mm-hmm. horrendous given that he's there with his i mean you know common law wife and son yep yep but you it goes to show like how how much he's grown as a character that he's like actually invested in jack's life and well-being rather than just being absent pretty much yeah uh, completely we asked last time about what information science was um oh yeah yep yep ria delivers information science uh, well i guess she does she does just copy this from wikipedia but that's fine that's fine you know, i think I wikipedia okay is great honestly so information science also known as information studies is an academic field primarily concerned with the analysis collection classification manipulation storage retrieval movement dissemination and protection Ooh. of information what i like about this is the is the dissemination because like how information is distributed and that makes me think of tacitus kilgore and how the gang receives their mail and that is an example of information science wow right i would have never picked that up but i like it <laughs> i might be so uh, like hold on like i so someone who who works in information science is that someone who would like work at like the national archives like somewhere like where they have information like stored and they ha- they have to take care of it, you know what I mean? Like, is it dealing with physical information, or is it digital? Well, I think a lot. I actually did like a data mining course, and I a lot of this sort of dovetails into that nicely. And it makes me think like if you're trying to do this with large amounts of data, you sort of need to use code, right? Like, if, like mm-hmm. I imagine this has to do with like like if you're if you're managing massive databases and you're trying to figure out what's the most optimal way to access certain resources and to drill down um, and to sort the data then that is information science it's just using computer science as well yeah um so yeah i bet you it's all of the above cool Isn't yeah this, that's awesome this, we can list this podcast as educational now brevin we can someone <laughs> someone learned something somewhere from that <laughs> yep <laughs> i learned hey no i did too 
about the animals. So deer and elk are indeed separate animals. They're even both in the game, LOL. Yeah, I don't know why we were so wishy-washy on this. Like there's deer in the game and there's elk in the game. So we should know that they're different. I honestly didn't know there was both. (laughs) Oh, really? So elk are, um, I think they're more north. And if you kill an elk and get its um, pelt, then it's it's like the full size of a body that you put on your horse. Whereas the Mm -hmm. deer pelts are the individual pelts. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. The ones okay. you store on your horse versus like in your pouch, right? So No. So that's a different distinction. I'm talking so a deer pelt, you you skin it and then you throw yep. it on top and you can stack multiple. Yep. An elk pelt is like a is like a bear pelt and it takes up the whole big Oh, I, okay. Yeah, I got you. I know like where you. a carcass yep. would go. Yep, I got you. Yeah, okay. Um <clears throat> I I also think you're onto something there. Um and I, I think what she's talking about is Arthur having both sides of the both animals in him. Mm-hmm. When I think of the coyote, it seems a reflection on one side of Arthur, an often comical trickster up to no good. And the deer, of course, his other side being helpful and gentle and kind, maybe even a little innocence lost. Something Arthur says to John in an early mission in chapter two while riding out to steal some sheep really struck really stuck with me in regards to John being a real father to Jack. Hey, here it comes again. This is an excellent quote, by the way. Just to... Oh, wait. Should I try to do an Arthur voice? Of course, yes. Just do one thing or another. Don't be two people at once. That's all I'm saying. That's terrible. That's terrible. I'm (laughs) sorry. That's awful. Um, I can't do it. I can't do the gravelly... Yeah, you can't get the gravel. Yeah. And if you can't do that, then don't even try, in my opinion. So, cut it out, Bremen. Don't... Say it again, because I was so focused on how you were saying it. (laughs) Just do one thing or another... Don't be two people at once. That's all I'm saying. That's Does he say that to John? He says that to John about yeah, John really being familiar. a father, which yep. is funny because that's essentially the imparting lesson that Arthur ends up having on John, where he says, mm-hmm. whatever happens, get out of here. Take Abigail and Jack and get out. And he's not just saying physically get out. He's saying get out of the lifestyle, yep. get out of the gang. Um, <clears throat> and I think... In some ways, John does take that advice. In some ways, he doesn't, as we will find out later mm-hmm. in this episode. Yes. Um, yeah, and I, I th- just be, yeah. So, and it's like the cliche where, you know, practice what you what you preach. If, you, if you're giving somebody else advice, typically you can follow it yourself. Um, so Arthur's saying, don't be two people at once is like a reflection of what his true self is. And mm-hmm. he's struggling all the time between the comical trickster um devious person and the actual like kind and gentle person yeah which is really key to understand this is Rhea again which is really key to understanding arthur as a whole because up until chapter six he is constantly being two people at once either hurting or helping people when he gets diagnosed and sees the animal at the literal crossroad i like that he is coming to his own crossroads and must confront his own past and future choices and whether or not to follow that animal or choose another path for the remainder of his life and then in parentheses Rhea writes i seriously just blew my own mind you're blowing my mind yeah too, i was gonna say that's that's deep that is deep and i like it so yeah i it's interesting that she says that at that point you can follow that animal or choose another path. So I, I've always sort of associated it as once, once you get, once Arthur gets tuberculosis and he sees his animal, that's mm-hmm. his animal and that's his fate. But 
really, yeah, if you recognize that, if you're if you're dishonorable Arthur and you hear all the talk about Hosea saying you guys are up to no good, I don't remember what he said exactly, but you know, all the negative yeah, yeah. thoughts and the yep. um reactions to Arthur's behavior that just weighs on him you could say you know what no i'm going to do this differently i'm going to help john in the end even though i've been dishonorable up until the end that sounds I mean, like up until the, this point that sounds like the lore way to play the game that like sounds like the legitimate Ooh. way to experience the game is to be evil arthur not evil but you know what i mean like devious arthur for the first half of the game and the second half redeem yourself let the let the tb be the turning point yeah wow, that's that's cool like if they made a movie that's w- what it would be yeah, you're right. You're right. That's like the canon Arthur. Yep. Oh, I love that. Because, wow. Yeah, that's, that's, I want to do that now. Maybe I'll yeah. do that with this playthrough as I'll. Could you I'll, imagine getting that organically in game? That, oh, that just sounds so good. Like, just to, just like... to have the realization along with Arthur and be like, yeah. you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to be bad anymore. I'm going to stop killing random people. It's like a dream scenario. Never would happen, but <laughs> I feel like that. Maybe no it one... happened. I mean, right in if that Maybe. happened for you, because that, that's awesome. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Also, I don't know if Brevin caught this conversation in chapter two with Tilly and Hosea and Lenny, but Tilly mentions how she wants to be buried. I always struggle with that word. Buried? B-U-R-I-E-D? I, you know, I've been saying buried and people are making fun of me, so I don't know. You actually have been? I feel like... Yeah, I, I, I really, I, I've like dropped that word a few times recently. Well, it's spelled B-U-R-I-E-D. So if you, if you look at that, like Bureau or fury like mm-hmm. you would say it like beer Bur- buried yeah that, that's what i've been saying and people have been like why are you saying it like that but i think it's actually pronounced buried which is confusing and annoying i don't like that write in if you know the answer <laughs> write in if we had like an etymologist to talk to us about the meaning of words we should i mean that i, I would make a podcast about that honestly um and and no one would listen <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so buried. <laughs> I'm going to say buried, even though that sounds like past yeah, I like tense buried. Bury. Um, okay. And now I lost my spot. Okay. Tilly mentions how she wants to be buried. <laughs> I did it again. Buried. Buried. In a bed of roses. Lenny and Hosea both say they just want to be buried with their friends and family. So, Brevin, this is sad because we know that Lenny and Hosea were not buried with their friends and family. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, obviously they weren't because they were killed in the bank robbery, and they yeah, can't... yeah, no. So they're Did in they some even get the mass grave. I don't see how they would have. Would they? I'm trying to remember if just Charles said anything about it because I feel like Charles is always the one who buries people, which is that's kind of interesting. He always seems to be the one. Well, I mean, so Arthur says where he doesn't really care about where he's buried he just wants to be buried facing the west and charles follows through on that so another another typical cool bro move he listens to what people say and follows through like Mm. that's just awesome since you brought it up um i actually went to go visit the grave i did did you find it yeah i found i mean i use the internet to find it but yeah because i don't know how you'd find it otherwise but tell me about it because i don't don't Uh, let me find the notes because it's in the middle of my notes uh, let's see. Okay, so it is up on top of like a mountain, basically. Um, it's pretty high up. It's near. Um, oh, I should have wrote down. It's it's near like I think I teleported. Teleported. I used fast travel <laughs> to the um the swamp area. You know the swamp area in the top kind of or the right side of the map. Uh, like like west of uh oh what's that west of like ansberg yes thank you yeah kind of over there and then you kind of go more northwest from there and i think it's up there 
you'll see like I'm okay. you just go up there um yeah if you if you ever want to find it just go on the internet and look at it it's much easier to find uh so it is it's very nice it's 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 a nice send-off um you know it's a nice tombstone it's got a i wrote down exactly what it says on it it has words on it, it says blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness ah because that's what it <sighs> wow that's got to be a biblical quote right should i google it right now no i'm feeling okay no <laughs> we'll have a theologian write in for us <laughs> Um, you know, we should get, like, a budget, like, Pawn Stars so we can have experts. Like, we can just go to experts oh, every time we need them. Just cut to an expert. That would yeah. be amazing. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I like that it's... Th- that quote just sums it up so perfectly because he's not... He's not, like, a righteous person necessarily, but he does have the hunger for it. And if you have the hunger for it, then that's essentially the same right can you do this for me because i'm not sure if i understand completely what righteousness is can you define it for me i mean it's it it's the I, I, this sounds dumb but it's like being is it right being right like, okay that's what and, i was, I was gonna say am good. i just an idiot <laughs> yeah no i mean no not really well it's i don't know here ready I, i'm you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna mute my mic and i'm gonna oh you're actually gonna do this look time. for it and i'm gonna actually mute the mic ready and I'll, you need to yeah i'll fill yeah i'll fill it i'll fill you know this happened he actually muted a while um <laughs> this happens all the time like not on not even on this podcast we in real life someone will mention some word and like i don't want to jump in in the middle when they're actually still speaking to like ask him oh what does that mean i have to let them finish and then feel like i wasted i don't know it feels like a waste of time like is that bad like what should i do when that's like i don't think i should cut them off i think you should write it down and say i need to find out what this word is so i'm not in this position again because I've done that in interviews before, but I do, like, I try to, like, fit in as quickly as possible. Like, someone will use some type of acronym, and I'll ask them what that means, because obviously they are used to talking to their coworkers or whatever if it's, about it. If it's jargon, then yeah, for sure, yeah. I think you want to And, and every time I do that, they always get really happy I do that. So See, you know what it does is it shows that you're paying attention, yeah. and that you're interested in learning, and you're not just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You're not, like, just, you're not just taking information, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know what, I think it's good. I it, if if I were to pick like one total rule to follow, it would be always ask because yeah, maybe no one's ever gonna get mad, bother someone. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you're if you're talking to someone who's using like ten, what do they? What does it say? Ten cent words, like really crazy fancy words in a row. Then they're probably just you know a walking thesaurus at that point anyway. So. Yep. Anyway, righteousness is literally by. Google's definition, which I think they get from from Oxford, the quality of being morally right or justifiable. So that's so it. there you go. Yep, just being right it. or justifiable. So he hungers for the quality of being morally right or justifiable, um, and he strives for it. And whether because they don't say that he achieves it, but he hungers for it. That's just mm-hmm. so fascinating. Blessed are they? <sighs> Is so, it blessed or blessed? Uh, you know what? Now, now that's too. You're right. Now, now that's too much. All you right. want you, you cross the line there because yeah, I don't know the answer and I don't <laughs> want to talk about it. And I'm not muting my mic to look that up. I think you can say. I think you can say blessed. I I don't know. I feel like blessed is like an old, timey way of saying it. I like it though. It sounds fancier. Yeah. It does. Yeah. That's what it does. It sounds it like sounds you're casting fancier. a spell. Ooh. <laughs> there we go. Um. <laughs> so yeah, Arthur. He's he's buried facing the west. Um, and he is it is a tombstone made of stone or is it wood? I th- 
It would be very I, you impressive know what, it might, if it was made of stone. I think it's made of wood. Yeah. I, this is the way, when I first was talking about it, I remember it being stone and then there being like wood kind of like, I don't want to say religious marks on it, but like wood symbols on the side of it. But it might have just all been wood. Yeah, it might have just all been wood. Mm. Yeah. Okay. It has a bunch of flowers on it too. It's nice. And he's facing the west, which is so beautiful because it's not, he's, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't need to try to analyze everything to death. I think that we can leave that there. And, you know, I did find out one cool thing, too. I don't know if you know about it, but there is an achievement for seeing all of the gravestones for all of your dead um, really gang, gang members. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Because you can when you go up to it, you can examine it. And I don't remember if John says anything. I don't think he does. But you can look at it and examine it. And it, like, you know, saves the game. It auto saves. It probably draws something in the journal. Did you check I don't there? Think I don't think. Well, oh, wait. Does, doesn't he usually, like, take it out and draw really quickly? Oh, yeah. That's true. Um, but that begs the question of whether or not you can find Lenny and Hosea's graves. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I just knew I, I want just to do that now. Saw maybe, that you could. maybe that's something we should do for uh, next episode. If we have find one. all the graves. <laughs> um, back to Ria's email, guys. We have to do RDR one. I wasn't. It wasn't until I played RDR two, long after I thought I beat quote unquote Red Dead Redemption one, and then spoilers for Red Dead Redemption one right now when John dies. That I realized I missed the real ending. Oops. Uh, I don't know what she's talking about. The real Say ending. Say that one more time. Hold on. Hold on. Repeat that. Not all of it, but you know. It wasn't the... until I played RDR2, long after I thought I beat RDR1 when John dies, that I realized I missed the real ending. Oops. Is she talking about like RDR1 ending being the real ending for John? Like, is that what... I don't know. No, no, doesn't... no. I think, I think this is like... You know, like the video game thing where it's like, oh, you think you bought the true ending? The game. Yeah. yeah, I think what I think what she's saying is there's a true ending for Red Dead Redemption One. Well, there is if you want to count Jack's. Final is mission. that what she's referring to? That has to be. What else? Or is there? is there some chain of events that you can alter such that John gets a different? There's no way that that's no. True. There's that's is there's there? only one ending in Red Dead One. Okay, well, unless you count Jack's ending. So I I think she probably is talking about that, or maybe she she beat it but then just didn't play as jack and find that stranger it does appear as a stranger mission doesn't it? yeah it's not a, it's not a story mission it's <clears throat> it's completely optional i think there's two missions that you can do as jack that are that are related to that yeah okay yeah so we we will probably do that <laughs> yeah we'll see we'll see eventually. i almost slipped up there um did either of you or any listen any other listeners notice that near valentine so this is a bit of a non sequitur i think this is like her separate her second email did either of you or any of or any other listeners notice that near valentine there's wild lilies growing by the roadside seems like a reference to the trail of tears i don't know why that's a reference to the trail of tears personally i don't i tried to google like an association between lilies and trail of tears and i couldn't find anything unless she's saying that like dead bodies caused the ground to get fertilized and grow flowers maybe Mm -hmm. is that a stretch i don't know I don't know. Sounds like I've heard that before in other like literature. I know that like um they're using drone technology to examine vegetation and look for like saturated patches where people have gone missing to see if they can find like bodies which is like so that's so cool. Oh, that is me. crazy. Isn't yeah, that awesome? That is, that's super cool. Not people dying is not awesome. Well, yeah, just want to <laughs> clarify. But the result of people dying is awesome. That's what we're trying to say. <laughs> Oh gosh, oh, we have a podcast, huh, Brevin. Yep. Okay, so seems like a reference to the Trail of Tears. Valentine's is so-called cursed, and there's a lot of 
hinting around about indigenous ghosts and curses and whatever. But I'm not sure what got left in for release, if anything, because it comes off to me as, well, rather racist. But I don't know why they'd leave so much about it in if there wasn't something to find. Who knows? Uh, tell Brevin, I'm telling you now, Brevin, he can okay. find a camper during the epilogue along the east side cliffs of Cumberland Forest that talks about it. And the new Hanover Gazette, number 36, also mentions it. So, she's saying that this, there's a lot going on here. First of all, the references to ghosts in Valentine. Are, do you remember anything about that? I don't remember anything. I know there's the uh, cemetery, right? That's pretty like big in Valentine. Is that my thinking of the right place? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Valentine. Or Armadillo. No, it's definitely not Armadillo because you see it as Arthur. A cemetery in Valentine. I don't yeah. sound familiar. There's like a big church that's. There is a big off. church. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and there's right. A, and someone right gets side. buried over there. Buried. <laughs> over buried. there. Buried. Gosh, buried. we need a different word than yeah, that. Someone gets say. put in the ground over there. That sounds way worse. <laughs> um yeah so it, it being racist is interesting to me i think what she's saying is like to for for rockstar to use like the trail of tears and like the tragedy of a people as ghost stories for a fictional video game is, yes, is like a belittling a little... simplification of a very complex real life event yeah i can um, see where that would yeah i can see that so but i really wanted to bring this up because she mentions the idea of what got left in for release which i think is so interesting like, you and i we've don't really about talk about that we've talked well, about it like one time before yeah but like there, <sighs> what's so funny about video games is they're just like one point in the development and then it's released like mm -hmm. you could they could have very easily kept working on this for months more or maybe they even cut out like years of content that they developed we don't we don't mm -hmm. know um so the idea of us just experiencing one precise slice of this game is interesting because there is a lot of there are a lot of like weird loose ends that feel like they should have more connections than they do and i think that the uh the valentine i i i don't really remember so much about ghost but i do remember um I feel like Hosea and people mentioned how the town's cursed or something like mm -hmm. bad luck is in Valentine. Um, and that's never really, you know, talked about after that at all. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So, I mean, this is what's so hard is because someone theoretically could engineer this as world building. And that's why they leave it unanswered because it's, it is a very like video game cliche where like anything that's ever mentioned comes up movies too. If you if you ever if you ever watch a movie and you see something that's like doesn't need to be said but it, it is said then pay but attention to that important. because yeah. it's gonna come back later um, and that sort of ruins movie watching so maybe don't do that but <laughs> it's it's there because everything is like narratively created it gives the impression that it will be used but when something isn't used I think it makes the world feel more real and broad. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, that's interesting. I really like that, that you're, you're talking about things that aren't used because I, I yeah, I'll talk about it right now. When uh, I did more exploring, um, is it New Austin? Have we have we figured out what the name of the other side that sounds of the, right? That sounds, that sounds right. right. So yeah. I explored that area um, and I visited two of the unused quote unquote cities, uh, not really cities, but towns. Visited Tumbleweed and Armadillo. Tumbleweed and Tumbleweed is funny because in the events of Red Dead One, it's totally abandoned. Remember. Is that what it was? Okay, I was trying to remember why. Like, what was important about Tumbleweed and Red Dead 1? When I got there, I was like, I don't remember this exactly. Oh, something something crazy happens in Tumbleweed, Brevin. 
and we uh, might find out. <laughs> we may find out eventually. Uh, I'm gonna wait. I'm not gonna look up anything about Red Dead One. Don't no, really. Yeah. I think I think well, it, it, well, in the event that we do play it, I won't. But that's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, either way, you're not gonna look anything up about it because I just never will because yeah, it's a waste go. of time, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um. Yeah, so we'll see, I guess. Well, maybe. Um, <laughs> if what happens in Tumbleweed. But yeah, no, it's a, it's like a normal town in Red Dead 2. Um, when I first got there, there was a guy who was getting brought in for a bounty. I'm assuming it's probably a scripted event for when you first get there. Um, and he puts the guy down, and apparently the sheriff of Tumbleweed is, like, not not taking time to do trials or anything like that. You just, like, put, he just executes him because he said, oh, this guy robbed somebody. He's like, okay, well, he's dead now. <laughs> that's what happened yeah he just shoots wow. him and, and even the guy who brought in the bounty was like um all right <laughs> it's not really the way to do things but okay that's the wild west right there that's yeah. crazy yeah I, i'm assuming that's scripted because then then it as soon as he went inside he was like if anyone wants more work come inside and follow me wow no i don't i don't think i actually experienced that i don't know that i went that far west as john yeah, I went there, and I also went to Armadillo, and that's that's pretty bleak and kind of fitting for what's going on. Right yes, now. I, that's why I asked you to, to go there. What I don't know, what did I say? A slice of life or something that doesn't yeah, make yeah. sense. But yeah, it's it's <laughs> like a plague going on in uh, Armadillo, and there's nothing there really except like it's burnt like, like people, really and stuff. dead, and yeah. there's just piles of bodies behind the church and stuff. It's it's bleak, man. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I wonder what made them do that. They just like, yeah, we can't, we don't want to take time to put stuff in armadillo. It's too big. I think, we'll I think there piece. might actually be mention in the first game of, like, oh, armadillo's been going through a rough spot, and they had like, I think they might have mentioned something like this, and like some type of pandemic happened or something like that, or yeah. some bad event happened. They probably didn't even say like what it was, but they could easily fill it in with a plague. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Like they had a, like a bad run of luck or something might have See, been that's mentioned. world building because that that is not talked about at all in the game but it's happening like there's nothing important about it at least maybe there's like a random stranger mission or like a random event type thing you can do with it but that's like it i don't know i don't know uh last thing from ria she she validates my thinking that uncle is funny so <laughs> there you go brevin she says side I... note uncle is funny af i don't know why brevin doesn't like him lol <laughs> And she, <laughs> it's all right well she links to her favorite scene and i was cracking up watching this because it was uncle ripping into john about his crappy house that he bought and how no woman would step foot in it yep, you, you, you remember this scene, remember right that, yeah. it's, it's right after they buy the property it's like just it, it's right before they t- tear the house down yeah yeah and he's just like you're hopeless and i mean that literally you got no hope it's just <laughs> That is pretty funny. Just like reaming into John, which is so funny. It's, he's it's, trying though. You can't like. Ugh. He's trying well, his best. What it reminds me of, and we talk about like the the scene like in in Metal Gear Solid Three, where Snake is just getting tortured and beat up, and he's just mm-hmm. in a terrible position. It's like that, but like emotionally for John. Yeah. <laughs> just to see him get bullied by Uncle. <laughs> What's so? What I love about Uncle is he's crazy, but he's pretty much always right, and that's what's mm-hmm. so interesting about him. He's like so. He's straight to the point. He's he's, a, he's like an oracle a little bit. Yeah. He 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 knows what's up. So yeah, uh, if you want to look it up, this excellent video: top ten best roasts from Uncle Red Dead Redemption Two. That's actually, a video. Like the fact and the that scene that's that actually. Yeah, the scene that we're talking about is around three minutes, but just watch the whole video because it's it's golden. Oh, God. 
Aldino from Indonesia writes in. Thank you for the email, Ria. We always appreciate it. Of course. First of all, I just wanted to say the last episode was a joy to listen to. Tyler really made a difference by actually preparing with the playthrough, so less time arguing about whether things happened or not, but more on discussing the <laughs> things. I like I like that. We do argue You're about always like, putting up a happened? fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler can also complete slash remind the details in the storyline that Brevin sometimes forgets or misses. Um, it is just, and this is why I want to read this because he says, it is just too bad you guys figure it out this late as we are reaching the final episodes. <laughs> yep. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. I, I agree. I'm sorry. Four um, months later. But hey, growth, as long as it's upward, you know what it is? It's hunger for righteousness. So That's what it is. Brevin and I are, are blessed. You're not morally right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Aldino. Oh, man. Calvin writes in. Um, All right. I don't. I think this might be his first time writing in. Does that name sound familiar that to you, doesn't Calvin? Still, no, it doesn't sound familiar. It might be second. So sorry about that, Calvin. I, I I'm pretty sure he mentions it in his email, but I cut out a specific section. You talked about how to make a Red Dead Three and having a Sadie Adler game. Well, I feel Sadie would be the best way to do so, as Rockstar can just pick her, pick up her story from when we last saw her in Red Dead Two and play through her story parallel to John's story in the events of Red Dead Redemption One. Maybe she moved away to a new area so we can get a whole new map, or maybe she returns to John at the end to find out he's been killed. What are your thoughts? I would love it. You know, I I think that would be a really cool way to have a good female character in a like Western time thing because I think that's a little difficult because and, obviously at, in during this time period, you know, women weren't at the same social standing as they are now, so it'd be kind of it'd be like the battlefield situation. You know what I'm talking about with Battlefield Five, where they tried to put women fighting in world war ii with like prosthetic limbs and people got really upset about that <laughs> yes i Not don't want to ta- talk about that yeah but, <laughs> but it would be like that <laughs> i feel like people would freak out if we got some really unrealistic limbs. well we have we had like black uh oh you missed this but black bell was one of the gunslingers and she was actually an older woman um and i didn't mention this so so the gunslinger mission where you find the guy in the bar and you get the pictures of the gunslingers you need to go and talk to them about mm-hmm. this guy in the bar yeah he's um, only about that I think her name is Black Bell. Um, she, uh, she's one of the people that doesn't, and she's not antagonistic. You don't duel her. You actually defend like that that hut in the middle of the swamp. Um, you, you probably have been to it a bunch of times. It's, yeah, it, I've been to I think it's the one area. where um, Tilly was being held captive. I'm not okay, positive, yep. but she has it set up with like TNT with. Um, plungers is that what you call that is that what that's called i've never knew it like the dab called a detonator but yeah i think it might be called the thing where you push down right which is weird i don't uh see i'm not gonna google it i want to call i want to call it a plunger (laughs) the detonators and you can actually trigger them as like people are are because they're going they're trying to collect a bounty on her um and she's just like not obviously not participating um, but she's a really cool character, actually. And Arthur, I, I don't know if it's in her, in um, his journal or he says it out loud, but he says something like, you know, if she was a little younger, I, I'd probably spend some more time with her. Like, he's, like, interested <laughs> in her. Um, but cool. I do think that Sadie, not only if it's, a, if it's parallel to John's timeline, it wouldn't just be a female protagonist it would be like an older female protagonist which we don't have It'd be really cool do we have yeah, like any that. examples of that we have like joel from the last of us as an old man he i mean not old old but he's like in his 50s yeah. um 
I can't. You. I mean, is there I an example? I can't think of one. I can't think of an old woman like over. I can't honestly even think of a woman over the age of like forty as a playable character in a game. Because they all need to be like sexy or whatever. Like yeah, but they need to. <laughs> they need to hit that specific. Yeah, that specific. Isn't that sad? Character. Like that's how that's they justify awful. it. Um. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're kidding about that too. They don't all need to be. Like, well, I'm not. Characters. I'm not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not saying that they need to be sexy. I'm yes, saying yes, that I people sure. who are publishing video games are like we need those young male audience yeah <sighs> anyway yeah, i want a game like that that sounds really i cool. think that's i think that would be really cool my i i'm always hesitant about people who say like um you know i like sadie so they could make a whole game about her because i feel like they need a reason to make a game about her and i wonder if sadie's story has already been told I feel like it kind of has, to be because honest. Because she... obviously they would have to make something new up for her story. Like, there's nothing, like, left untold other than the fact that, okay, she's moved on with her life as a gang member. And didn't we talk about this last time where, like, a, a sequel where you play as Jack and he becomes a lawyer or something and actually yeah, yeah, herself yeah. and that's the yep. <laughs> Like, I don't... You could do that with Sadie a little bit. Have Sadie become, like, the mayor of a town or something and then mm-hmm. become, like, really redeemed and actually righteous. Like, that would be super weird and interesting when you turn into like a city building game <laughs> to build up a, your own city in austin sim city oh, redemption uh, yes so we're thinking about it calvin we're gonna talk more about what we want about it out of a sequel towards the end of the episode i think because we yeah. should save that we're about halfway through <laughs> oh my god man i love it that's crazy Nathan from Belgium writes in, It was nice hearing your discussion about the main storyline missions while I was working. As none of my friends play RDR2, I want to commend Brevin for avoiding... Sorry, that's, this is a separate sentence. None of my friends play RDR2, full stop. Yep, yep. Um, and I like that he mentions this because it's sort of the reason why I wanted to make the podcast too is because I felt like I had so much to talk about. Yep. My brothers even played it, but they played it at such a different pace from me that it was so awkward to try to talk to someone about the game mm. that is playing through it, where it's like, hey, I just did this mission where... But I can't talk about yeah. it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm really happy that we, that we met that need for you, Nathan. I want to commend Brevin for avoiding all the spoilers as he can, as he can, and Tyler for deflecting all the bait for spoilers that Brevin has unknowingly <laughs> laid out in the conversations. <laughs> I know yeah. I honestly like I said this earlier in the show um in previous episodes but like I'm impressed you never really gave up any information like that is difficult to do because I feel like if I was in your situation I'd be excited about something and, and just say it because I'm just not thinking about what I'm saying so I really impressive. yeah I, I think I I appreciate like dis- discovering something for yourself um I think that that's even even if I'm like oh something happened but I'm not but I'm not going to tell you like just to signal that you should expect something changes the experience for you. So yeah, I wanted yeah. to preserve that. Yeah. Um, and he also, like, if someone is playing along with the podcast, I can't be cheeky about it and That's be like, true, hey, yeah. listeners, like, remember when this happens that Brevin doesn't know about yet? So, yep. Um, Nathan was hesitating to write while following the podcast until Tyler mentioned Car Radio by 21 Pilots last episode. When he referenced that song, it was a sign for me to just give my two cents about the game. I'm a 21 Pilots fan, and it surprised me to hear the band get mentioned in the podcast. Isn't that cool? We're always bringing up random things. Fun little connection. What, yeah. We got the big, um, what's his name? Big Quinn. Oh, Big Quinn. <laughs> it's still so funny. Random Big Quinn. And now mentioned. I got 21 Pilots as my reference. He actually says that, um, I don't know if I copy. Oh, no, okay. 
I know RDR2 has an amazing soundtrack, but I imagine you can put your, but imagine if you could put your own songs like it. In, oh my gosh, if you could put in your own songs like in mm-hmm. GTA on PC. See, I don't know if I would. I mean, I would never do that. You no. could probably you could probably construct a playlist that would feel right, but even. No. No, you would never do that. I just no, just flat out. No, I wouldn't ever do that. It's not like GTA where the radio is like an add-on to the like where the music's an add-on to the game. Um, most of the time, especially like the the licensed music. Um, this game, like all the music was specifically, I assume, was written for the game. So it's. I'm meant to pretty be... sure it was recorded for the game. Yeah. Yeah. So it's meant to be listened with the game. So it's like sacred. Yeah, it's sacred. Yeah, you don't want to listen to like <laughs> girls just want to have fun while you're riding. But I'm just riding around time <laughs> on Arthur with a long beard. Girls just want to have fun. That would I don't be know. interesting. Now, I'm I'm interested now. Now that I mentioned yeah. it, that sounds Imagine like a fun time. Imagine shooting up an entire city with girls just want to have fun with a long bearded Arthur. <laughs> oh man, that's like you've sold us, Nathan. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so this is a, he he's referencing a Twenty One Pilots song here. I think holding on to you would be a perfect score to the highlights of Arthur's life. It alludes to the struggle of a person for agency and a feel that, and I feel that was Arthur's struggle, especially at the end of his story. Ooh, a struggle for song, agency. Holding on to you. Holding right, on yeah, to you. I'll listen to it. You've probably heard it. I think I've probably like played it in the car with you at some point, just because I I listened to a lot of yeah. You probably have. I'll probably recognize it. Um, this is a song that I think it's about dealing with like mental issues and taking control over your mind when your mind seems to run away from you. Hmm. Um, the 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 lyric that I love is like, um, I, I I I'm gonna misquote it now, but it's like put a noose around your mind. The saying a noose, this is a leash, and I have news for you. You must obey me. And it's just like Ooh. saying that you have control over your mind, and you're going to take control back. is It's very empowering, yeah. and it feels cool. Like and that. that's sort of what Arthur is doing in the end of his life, where he's saying, like, I'm not going to just, you know, go with the flow anymore and let myself get caught up in this villainy because I disagree, and I'm going to change my life because I have nothing to lose anymore. Yeah. But I, lo- I love painting it painting Arthur's struggle as one of agency. I think that's so cool because he he really is just like thrown into his life and finally he realizes like, wait, I'm not doing what I really want to do. And none of the, I don't know. Yeah. What would yeah. Arthur do if he wasn't in a gang? What do you think he'd, what, what do you think? What would his profession be? Would be? I, yeah. Okay. All right. I like this. What would Arthur do? Hmm. I definitely would not be a rancher or a farmer. I can tell you that. That's not Arthur. Like, my instinct wants to go to, like, something that's, like, police officer or, like, a guard or something. But I feel like that's just a, like, thinly veiled association. Because of, like, guns, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe, like... I'm, th- I'm going towards, like, history teacher. Ooh... I like that. Yeah, he'd be a good teacher. He'd be that's a good. fantastic. He'd be the he'd be a teacher that's like chill, but also really good at teaching. Yep. Because listen to the way he talks to Jack all the time, like about mm-hmm. fishing and life, and like yeah, yeah. I like that. I'm gonna go with that. History I'm gonna go teacher? With a teacher of some sort. I don't know about history. I don't really know what else he would teach. Them. Yeah. What, what, what would what would he, like a uh, shop? He'd be like a good shop teacher. Oh yeah. Things. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. Is he very handy? But it doesn't matter. I could picture it. Because he, yeah, I think he's got like the, um, uh, what's the name of the guy with the mustache in Parks and Rec? Nick Offerman? Um, I don't watch Parks. Oh, yes, that is him. Yes, I do. I do know who that is. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 
he's got he's got those vibes a little bit. Yeah, man. I I mean I would just love to hang out with Arthur in real life. It'd be a cool guy. <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> My biggest comment, this is back to Nathan's email, is that I feel sad for Brevin missing out on the Stranger missions during his first, uh, he says gameplay, but I think he's saying uh, playthrough. Play yeah. It exposes a fair amount of Arthur's personality. Probably the biggest missions um, that was missed was the nun mission, and we've talked yep. about this in St. Denis. Oh, the nun, yeah, the nun mission in St. Denis. If the cutscene with the nun in the train station towards the end of Arthur's act, Arthur's arc, Arthur told her, I'm sorry, I messed that up. In the cutscene with the nun in the train station, towards the end of Arthur's arc, Arthur mm. told her that he is not a good person and that he was dying. The nun replied that he can always find something good to do and that he can always do an act of love. And Nathan puts this in all caps, act of love. For me, this should influence the player when, giving, when given the choice whether to help John escape or go back for the money in the cave. If the player has chosen to help John as an act of love, the ending is, is much more satisfying. So this actually ties into what we were just saying about um, the canonical Arthur being one who, of sin who turns turns around and decides, yeah. no, I will commit an act of love. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. On another note, I also want to comment about spoilers in the podcast. Okay. So this is, this is why I mentioned the whole um, Far Cry and GTA 5 thing at the beginning of the episode. I feel like you've done a great job of mentioning spoilers about RDR 2. But you guys keep talking about other games like GTA 5. I am yet to start with that game, so it felt frustrating sometimes to hear extensive Aww. chatter about GTA 5 missions and characters. Otherwise, you guys are doing amazing work, especially for people in lockdown and working during the crisis at the moment. Um, I never thought about that. Yeesh. My best regards to both of you and wishing you to always be safe and healthy. We'll see each other on the other side of all this. Thank you so much, Nathan. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you, Nathan. Also, Belgium. Uh, yes. I just it just struck it just occurred to me that he lives in Belgium and just like how Where's Belgium? Is that like, Belgium is near um is that like above like is it above Germany? I feel like that's more north, right? I'm not I have no clue. Don't actually. see what not why'd you well, we do just, that? Because now yeah. now you're setting yourself up to make a mistake. If that's you just, fine i, I know don't... i'm wrong so i'm just gonna take okay. a random <laughs> just lean into it yeah i personally don't want to talk about where belgium is because i'm not confident <laughs> in where belgium is um yeah so we do spoil other games i don't know man gta, I feel 5, like GTA 5 is, is the big one it is old and that's why i never even considered that people hadn't played that game yet so i do, do apologize did we spoil him. like the major beats i don't remember yeah we, we spoiled enough end. to the point where it would bother me if i had not played the game and didn't expect spoilers fair enough fair enough i can say that <sighs> sorry about that i think we yeah. should develop some sort of habit of like if you're going to mention a game say spoilers, spoilers for ahead. x and then pause so that people can skip or whatever um but even that's tricky that's tricky to do without like having timestamps everywhere no i, I wouldn't make timestamps, but i just say like because you have when you're listening to a podcast you can do like skip ahead 10 seconds what if you what if you hit that one word that's like oh he dies it's like (laughs) oh it's like dang it (laughs) i don't know yeah it's 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 hard i but i also i i don't know i feel like it's so obvious to make connections to gta 5 so it would be hard to to not yeah exactly but maybe we should like if we ever if we ever spoiled far cry 3 that's that i completely apologize because that has nothing to do with this podcast (laughs) there's no there's nothing or Metal Gear Solid, another one that we should not spoil. It has nothing to do with this podcast. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think we have. I think we should be more cognizant of, like maybe just talking about some parts of games, but not like spoiling story yeah, not spoilers. A, not a big moment or something like that, even tiny. But um, anyway, also 
you guys are doing amazing work, especially for people in lockdown and working during the crisis at the moment. I don't, I don't think that we're doing, I mean, we're doing a, we're doing a podcast. I think that like healthcare workers and people doing deliveries and stuff like that. Those are the people doing amazing work. Those are the real heroes. Yes. Um, But I I still appreciate it. Yes. I very much appreciate the sentiment. Thank you so much, Nathan. And I'm happy. I'm definitely grateful that we're able to continue the podcast for sure. Because I think it's important and I'm, I'm glad that we're not like we mentioned at the top of the show, but we're not letting it change the essence of the podcast, I don't mm-hmm. think, which I think we everyone needs a break every once in a while. Yeah. So that's it from Nathan. Thank you very much. Drew writes in, howdy, fellers. I listened to the most recent episode a while ago. Thanks for reading and replying. Um, th- Drew is the guy who wrote in. He is the big Quint guy. Hey. Um, <laughs> and he he had the, the feedback about... Um, like my, myself learning about what's going to, uh, sorry, like brushing up. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. Yep. Yep. Um, and he actually said something about like, Oh, I'm sorry if I came off as too critical. Not at all. Like it was yeah. your, your feedback made the show quantifiably better. And people yes. wrote in and said, this episode was better. So yes. really do not feel bad. That was like super helpful. It's exactly what we want. <clears throat> yes. So thank you so much, Drew. I listened to the most recent episode a while ago. Thank you for reading and replying. I feel grateful you're both so engaging with us, with all us listeners. Glad you made some cool conversation out of my scattered thoughts binging on the game so binging the game so far. Small aside, but I'm a similar age and a similar place in life as you guys, so I, I've appreciated the existential rants and philosophical tie-ins. <laughs> my mind has drifted that way along with the story, so hearing your perspectives on it is kind of reassuring that others are having the same thoughts. Yes, I thank you, Drew. Um I feel like people don't have enough philosophical rants or just like ponderings. I think we ponderings of life. Yeah. we sort of fall into our routines and our philosophies and just don't think about it again. And I think that's a mistake because if you do that, then you're going to fall into traps of making bad assumptions or, uh, well, you know, all the, all the bad things. All the above. Yeah. Well, I think we mentioned it before that it's hard to bring this type of, like, ponderings of life up and not look crazy unless you're with someone or, like, you're in a scenario where it's appropriate (laughs) and that's kind of a rare scenario, but the podcast lets that happen kind of organically. There we go. We've, you and I have made the scenario, so here we are. Um, and then Drew, we, um, he talked about how he managed to avoid Red Dead Redemption 1 spoilers, but he says, unfortunately, I think I undersold how much I knew about RDR lore. I couldn't avoid the character... Spoilers for Red Dead Redemption 1, by the way. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> remember to do that. There I couldn't go. avoid the character death slash switch spoilers while looking for gameplay tips on YouTube, but I suppose that's what I get for being so curious and so far behind. Yeah, that's why I just couldn't do that. That was the reason. And you managed to missed. avoid it for Red Dead Redemption 2, which is very impressive, by the way. Like I just didn't look you... up anything. I looked up two things on it, and I yeah. was still getting worried when I was doing that. Because I people are very um, brazen with it now. Like, they, there are, like, if you go to, like, the top, posts on a subreddit chances are you're not going to see spoilers because they'll blur things out but if you're looking at new posts or whatever like people don't care they just throw stuff up or in comment sections on videos that have nothing to do with it well you know that i'm surprised i have never run into like i I still frequent comments constantly on videos i just don't look up anything remotely related to red dead well now i do but i didn't before and somehow all this time i've never Maybe it's because I just, maybe I was in, I was in college and more, you know, taking a lot more classes in college when this game came out. So maybe I just didn't have the time to like spend on, you know, social media and like Reddit and stuff like that. So I wasn't 
accidentally getting exposed because i've had movies ruined because of just being on some random thing yeah yeah so kudos to you brevin that's very impressive um even so moments like the final scene with the nun the tacit goodbyes helping john and the death on and the death of my horse and gang members still had me bawling oddly the actual arthur death scene felt peaceful despite being so infuriated that i couldn't get micah at the end as arthur so i was very ready for that final mission on mount hagen that's so, so interesting that no one fascinating had that, no one had the same experience of not like wanting revenge on micah am i just alone <laughs> you're person? weird brevin uh <laughs> No, but I, I do want to talk, um, who was the other listener? Was it David from the UK who was so upset about the death of Arthur that he put the game down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't uh, know if that was him, but... I don't, I don't know if it was David, sorry. Who, whoever it was, I said it yeah. earlier in the episode. Um, it's funny that they, they had a very, like, tense reaction to Arthur's death, whereas Drew seems more serene and, like okay, like, yes, this is his end, but it feels right because of the way it's been set up. And I think that's more in line with what my experience was as well. I feel like um, that's more my experience too. It yeah. Felt like a, it felt like the right ending. I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't come away from it and be like, he, he did not get what he deserved. Like, I feel like he got the death he deserves. You but know, at the same no, time, I don't want to say from Micah. But, you, you, know. you didn't get to kill Micah, which yeah. is infuriating. And specifically the, the, Part about it that gets me is you were at the gun, right? Yep. You, you remember the scene where you're 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 reaching crawling towards the gun, and Micah's laughing at you because he's like, "You're not gonna make it." And the reason why you don't make it isn't because of Micah; it's because of Dutch. Yep. That is what ma- I'm getting mad just talking about that. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you had that experience and you're just like, eh, "Micah," eh. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I just. Well, you know what it is? It's because it's it's John. It's not Arthur. I'm not playing as Arthur after these events, and I'm like, oh, then I'd be like, okay, I need to go get revenge on 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 Micah. It's I'm John, and I have a family. That's that's my whole <laughs> the thing. family. Yeah, I get it, and I I'm above it. that now. I'm away from that life. Well, I'm trying to be. You know, um, he does have a PS. Big Quint is doing let's play videos. Brevin, do you want to go fifty fifty on getting him a copy of RDR two just for him to come across the house building song? Oh my god. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> you gotta love the house building song, man. It's it's perfect. I didn't know he was doing Let's Plays. I gotta check those out. Yeah. That's cool. We're just we're just plugging Big Quint left and right, huh? Check him out, Big Quint. <laughs> Jennifer writes in, We I'm I wanna pick up the pace and I see this is where I get in my head where I'm like, all we're doing is reading emails, but I think it's good. Like, I don't know, man. There's really not much story wise to talk about. Like there's one mission to talk about. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Brevin. I need to, like, realign. (laughs) Jennifer writes in, Howdy again, Tyler and Brevin. It's been a while since my first email. I hope y'all are surviving the wastelands of real life. Um, (laughs) I think think our subject line was wild dot 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 wastes or something, because I I remember (laughs) I kept saying that. Yep. I'm still working building circuit boards. If you remember my first email, I told you I'll let you guys spoil a few missions for me, because I... Knew the emotional ones were close, but I hope you're happy to hear I pulled my boots up and finished the game with no more spoilers. Awesome. Pull, I love that she has um, Thomas's turn of phrase there. Pull on your boots up. Yep. <laughs> and you build circuit boards? Like, that's so cool. I love that. that like computer engineering? That's got to be right. Yeah, I think so. Um, that's crazy. I, I don't even know. I could software. never. I mean, I probably I could understand how they work, but like, it is just like so out of my realm as being even a computer science person like just no idea how that stuff works it's it, it's it has like an air of magic to it that i think yeah. 
sort of cripples you when you try to wrap your head around it. Mm-hmm. Um, just well, just like all other things that are complex. But I, I've that it always sort of frustrated me as because you do take some hardware courses as a computer science major. Mm-hmm. Um, like I took computer architecture or something, which was like a three bus architecture and things like that. And I always like never really got it. I would just sort of like fake my way through. Um, yeah, understand it enough to be yeah, able to do exactly. Good <laughs> so it's really cool that you're that you're killing it building circuit boards like what a cool job that is but but honestly like it's different like this is not really important at all but when it comes to like programming like that's all yeah, digital by comparison so it's easier to the rest of our podcast yeah exactly <laughs> by comparison when it comes to programming like that's digital so it's easier for me to wrap my head around like oh this is something that could be created but like it's it's easier to understand that something's really complex when it's when it's digital because it's like it could be as big as it wants to be you know what i'm trying to say but when like computer hardware like that is physically in my computer right now and how is it displaying what is on the screen right now that doesn't make any sense to me because it's like i can see it and like i understand like what is attached to it but like not obviously enough to understand how it's putting in like doing output on the computer it's it's crazy I don't understand. It. I th- yeah, like the the levels of abstraction are greater because you can you can say like okay under the assumption that I can see colors and shapes on my monitor, mm-hmm. I can make code out of that and do things. But the assumption that you can see colors and shapes on your monitor alone is crazy. Like yeah, that's <laughs> so, that's what I mean. Yeah. So I know she didn't even write in about this. We're just honing in on that, but that's so cool. It is circuit very boards. Cool. Um, so she pulled up her boots and finished the game. Uh, rest in peace, Arthur, and my horse, Savina. Beautiful horse name. Savina, that's a great name. And she says, Rachel is a good horse, though, and she has the same stats as Savina. Race handling, full acceleration, and one less than full speed. So maybe so it Rachel is... is the lore name for Je- for John's horse. And it sounds like um, they carry um, your Arthur's horse's stats forward. Yep. It might be a coincidence. Sense. But now we have two people saying it, which is a yeah. significant sample size. Not really. <laughs> um, but I, tr- I, I think that that makes sense. Um, <laughs> I love this. Have you noticed John talks sweeter to his horse than he does Abigail? Or is it just me? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I see that. I, when I was running around today, I had to calm down my horse. And he's very, very kind to it. He's very... But you, you have to be. Yeah. But you don't need to... You don't, you don't need, need to, to be more kind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um... Exploration has always been my favorite aspect in a game, and Red Dead Redemption 2 has not disappointed. I found things you've talked about, like the writing practice paper at Fort Riggs that blows my mind that there was a hidden poem, and the giant skeleton. I went back in Arthur's journal to find that entry, and now this is Arthur's entry from finding the giant skeleton. Mm-hmm. Should I read it in his voice? <laughs> no. <laughs> found him. No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> Jesus. Found a massive skeleton. Wonder how big the man was. Or if he was a man at all. That's it. I like that. Isn't that nice? That. Just yeah, like, nice. can you imagine finding a massive skeleton and then that's what you write about it? Like, I yeah, just you don't even how... like, you don't tell people about it. You just, no. like, oh, yeah, I'll write it in my diary and I'll just go up. <laughs> wonder how big, the... also, also wonder how big the man was. You're looking at the skeleton. Like, that's how big he was. I right? don't know if people knew that back then. Did they know about the... <laughs> Oh, like know. what a skeleton looked like? Yeah, like I don't I know if that was common knew knowledge. What skeletons looked like surely, right? I don't, I, I don't know. I got Maybe my hands not up Arthur. right now. I mean, he he doesn't know how to read, but he wasn't necessarily reading like science textbooks. I don't know, but he's you, seen a lot you, of dead bodies. If you bodies. grew up in the 1890s, right in and tell yeah, us if please, you if you if you know what the educational system was like back in the 1890s. <laughs> 
<laughs> wonder, wonder how big the man was. I'm sorry. I'm uh, now that I noticed that I'm just geeking over it. <laughs> um, now back to uh, Jennifer's email. I may still try to find the UFO location. I'm curious if it's still there in John's timeline. See, this is another thing that I don't know about is how they how they reconcile Deal with those. that. Yeah. One thing I found that you haven't mentioned is this little shack that had witchy type paraphernalia and a cauldron with mysterious bubbling liquid. When you go up to the cauldron, it gives you the action prompt to drink from it. Of course I did. (laughs) It made him pass out, then wake up in the woods like 30 feet away from the shack. Full health, stamina, and dead eye, even if any of it was depleted before. Have either of you found that or know if it's, if it's, if, or know if it's in relation to anything? I think it's in the Grizzlies West area. Brevin? I did not uh, find that at all, but that sounds awesome. And I, it's probably just one of those supernatural Easter eggs that Rockstar likes to put in their games. Is it? That would so- be really cool if you could find a witch, though. Oh, that would be creepy. I don't like That'd that. That would be really cool. Ugh. No, I like that. That's like a creepy Bigfoot. Yeah, like witches are, they're not really that creepy in like the abstract, like a plastic witch around Halloween, but like a real life witch is gross. Like, like uh, imagine the graphics like of ugh. like portraying a real witch. Oh, God, it looked disgusting. Yeah, so that's cool. I didn't know about that. And it's interesting that it refills your full health and stamina. I wonder if that's intentional or if it's just like passage of time. But if it's your cores, though, that wouldn't go up with the passage of time. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if I put that in as an Easter egg to fill it. You found this, you get a full full rejuvenation. Yeah, there you go. Since I finished the game, I've had a few weeks. uh, Wow, I messed that up. Since I finished the game a few weeks ago, I've been doing the side tasks like finding all dinosaur bones, finding treasure, and currently visiting everyone's graves. Of course, I started with Arthur. I really hope Revan starts a new game one day to play the Stranger Missions and Random Encounters. It's worth it for what it adds to the story, and Arthur's journal is much more entertaining as well as emotional. If both of you have time to look before the overview episode, I think it would be fun hearing some of your favorite passages from the journal. See, this is cool, Brevin. I, I think you and I have have made a mistake and not utilizing the journal more on this podcast mm-hmm. um, because it is interesting and you have no need to read it and completely extra rockstar i guess had someone either digitally or literally write a journal with handwriting for this game isn't that just crazy i love it i love the fact that like all the notes and stuff are handwritten yeah it's beautiful and i i think it's so it's such genius design to provide a lore friendly in-game way for the player to catch up if you leave the game for a long time Mm -hmm. because i think i might have actually done that after i took like a long break has gone back and read through the journal and it just it's just a beat by beat what happened from arthur's perspective um that is very cool i like that another thing that's that's cool about it is it gives you insight into what arthur's thinking and you wouldn't normally have that unless you had a journal or something because it mm-hmm. is a third-person game. Uh, yeah, so we should do that, Brevin. Remember that. Favorite uh, passages from the journal. Favorite All right. Passages. One last question. For those of us who have not played Red Dead Redemption 1 and our introduction was Red Dead Redemption 2, how do you think that will affect our view or opinions when we play 1? Um, so we talked about it a little bit with Thomas relating to the fidelity of the game. But it's interesting to think about if you if you haven't played the first game and you own and you just beat the second game, right? Then um, you don't have the perspective of like getting to know John mm-hmm. originally when you're playing Red Redemption One. 
you have all of this background in your head and you're viewing things totally you know who bill williamson is when you go up to fort sumter or whatever it's called um so that is such a fascinating question uh what, what are your thoughts on that brevin that's I've never even considered how the introduction of John would be different. Like, would that even make like? Does it feel right? Like, does it does it even feel like good? You know what I mean? Like, does it feel like natural, or is it like, oh, I it feels weird because I know who John already is, but like I'm getting reintroduced to him. But I don't think they do. They don't do an introduction where it's like, hi, I'm John Marston and I'm a cowboy. <laughs> like, no, it's no, it's they don't. Very just... casual. Yeah, it must be. I, I it's been so long since I played the game that I can't remember anything specific. Um, but yeah, that definitely would change how you would look at like, especially like any meeting any of the characters from the second game, um, like Javier and Dutch. That would be completely different because meeting finally meeting Dutch is like a big moment because it's like the reveal. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and that now you know who he is, like you know his past. Yeah, and you can never put the, that genie back in the bottle. You can't unlearn that. So, Jennifer, you would never have the experience of playing through Red Dead Redemption 1 like as it was in 2010 or whenever the game mm. came out. But there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion, because that's that's hard to ask for. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, but it is it is interesting that it's a different game for you now because you yeah. have that context. And I think it makes I think it makes everything feel more important. That's what I think is going to happen when we go play through the game again. Is it it'll feel more weighted, and it's not just like this is a fun story about a cowboy. It's like oh, these are the people that I spent hours with, and I understand them, and I know what their motivations are. Thank you. This is uh, Jennifer again. Thank you, gentlemen, for a philosophical, humorous, and addictive podcast. Wow, that is awesome. Very kind. Thank you so much. No, thank you. We are on our last page, Brevin. Our last page wow. of emails. Isn't that? Oh my god! Isn't that something? Such such great progress. Um, wait, actually, hey, no, There's that's it for the email. I have some oh. more questions, but I'm saving them for later. So okay, Brevin. Wow. Tell me. Oh, first of all, any anything on your mind you want to talk about? Thank you, everyone, so much for spending the time to write these emails to us. Like honestly, that I, that takes that takes something to do. Oh, actually, I know we 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 do respond to everything, so that entices people more. But still, taking that time to to have a personal connection with us is awesome. Yeah, I love it. It's it's like my my social media app now is like checking to see if I have any new emails to this email address. <laughs> it's, it's it's awesome. Oh, I mean, man. you can't ask for a better way to just like kill some kill a few minutes by reading one of these emails yeah so thank you all so much i really appreciate it and if you are interested in writing in please send an email to reddeadcast at gmail.com r-e-d-d-e-a-d-c-a-s-t at gmail.com we and if you are, are listening oh go ahead indebted to you that's all yes if you are listening to this like far after that's been released um still write an email in we most you likely will see it i like that and i'll maybe i'll even reply I don't want to say that. I no, don't want to guarantee. Don't want to guarantee anything because we, we're if very you're seeing this ten years later. Adamant about that. <laughs> <laughs> we might not. It, the world might not be the same. But <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. All right, Brevin. Thus ends the email segment. Whew. Our timestamp is going to be at like an hour and forty minutes. Oh, that's, that's awesome. a good send off, though. That's a good send off. This yeah, isn't technically I mean, this the, is the final final episode. The wrap up is, episode. Right? Yeah, it's the is it the final final one though? Are we doing one more after this? I don't even uh, know. 
Well, I don't want to commit. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I don't want to... Well, no, we'll do another episode, and it'll right. be like a, you know. Oh, we got to go back to my questions. You got to ask those questions. Well, so I was going to do that today, but if you if you want, actually, that would I think be we fitting. should save that. We should yeah. save that because that, it was actually the first episode you hadn't played the game at all, so it'll yep. be like a the inverse of that. I like that. <sighs> Brevin, all right. Tell us about American your Venom. <laughs> you're not your missions. Your mission. Uh, all right, so let me let me remind everyone what the last thing we did was. Um, hold on, I'm looking at where I was. Oh yeah, so we got engaged to um, Abigail. That was the last thing oh, we left off. I with. love this scene. I I can see Abigail's face now. How happy she is when she yep. realizes that John is serious. Ugh, makes my heart yeah, what flutter. A, just such a it's such a good moment for me to leave off on. Like I'm so glad I didn't like. I'm really glad I didn't finish the game right there because it was just like. That could be the ending of the game. I, and I think I might have said, like, yeah, you, said you exactly want, that. you can just stop playing. <laughs> and that's it. Um, but here we go. This is this is the final mission of Red Dead Redemption 2, completely. I always It's funny because I always said that the game had already ended, but this is, like, the second ending to the game now. <laughs> there's, there's many endings all throughout the game, which is that's fascinating. Um, so Sadie found one of Micah's boys in Strawberry. Micah's she comes boy. over with some yeah. news, um, you know, after after we got proposed and everything's happy. She comes over, she tells us about that. And, of course, John wants to go and get revenge, so he wants to go find out more information on where Micah is. And I have a few quotes already Karen to start right of off. The week. quote of the week. Um, so this is, this is, I don't know if this is an exact quote for Abigail, but I have the exact quote for John. Um, You'd risk all of this for him. That's Abigail. And John says, all of this wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Arthur, Sadie, and those who fell. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's hard, man. That's hard. Because you get Abigail. Abigail. I totally, completely get looks Abigail. destroyed in this scene, by the oh, way. Oh, it's hard to watch. It she is actually is like, hard to watch. Yeah. She's, like, having a breakdown. Yeah. And, and to see John's, like, stoic reaction of just, like, no, this is what's happening is yeah. painful. Yeah. That's like, that's especially like the, it's so much different from the last scene we just saw with them too. That's what's that's what's even worse yeah, about it. Yeah, that's tough because it's sort of like the the proposal is like John saying, "Yes, I'm going to commit to this life of I was going to say life of domestication, which sort of <laughs> has a bad ring to it, but it, yeah. it sort of is that, <laughs> right? Yeah, it kind of is, yeah. Um, and now this is him almost like pulling the rug out from under and saying, oh, well, I'm going to do this. Like, I got to do one last thing and it's going to possibly kill me. But he, this is, this is it. He says for the men who, for, well, not just men, but the people who fell and for Arthur. Um, and you, you're of the mind that no, that's not, that's not worth it. I don't think it's worth it still. They're dead. I'm, so I'm who still... cares anyway? Right. Brevin? Well, okay. That sounds way worse. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no that's not what it is i just don't think it's worth risking your life when you have a family and a wife or not a wife at this point but you know someone who you're engaged to or even a girlfriend just it's not worth risking that but what uh, what of the argument that if this if this house was built on the values and sacrifices of the people that this man destroyed mm -hmm. like, what would arthur want from john Oh, I I got some thoughts on that. <laughs> you want to talk about that later? I think. Talk about that now? Well, we'll talk about it now because okay, you mentioned we'll it. And I don't want to forget to come bring it up again. This is John's problem, right? Mm -hmm. He is 
loyal. It's all about yes. loyalty, right? Whether he likes it or not, he is he's bought the the Dutch doctrine that's all about loyalty. It's all you got to worry about. When mm-hmm. Dutch himself isn't loyal, we know that, right? Yep. First hand. And John, even though he sees that, he still has it baked into his blood. Like that's what that's what he is. He's follow through with like the sacrifices of men. But what he fails to see and what John was so desperate to impart, I'm sorry, what Arthur was so desperate to impart on John when he said to him, listen, when things go down, get out of here. He wasn't just saying physically leave, Mm -hmm. which by the way, John didn't do. (laughs) Like you could just get a house anywhere, John. You don't need to get a house, you know, a hundred feet from your old like gang stomping ground. Yep. But that's, I digress. (laughs) (laughs) What he also fails to do, John, is he fails to truly get out of the life. And by pursuing Micah here, he's he he views it as avenging Arthur and it being righteous there. But it's actually, I think, going against Arthur's wishes. Because why would why would Arthur want to why like why would Arthur want want John to um, put all of the things that he's worked for at risk, which is what Abigail is fighting for as well. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. There's no reason whatsoever. And this gets gets sort of into the ending of... Because you can interpret the ending of Arthur in a few different ways. Like, yes, he's going for the gun and he wants to kill Micah, but is he... Is, he, is that, like, really what he cares about? Like, I think, I think he's like, I'm going to this is my chance so i'm going to take it but like yeah he was content to just let him go because it mm-hmm. was, his time was over and he got to see the sunset so something that i think john didn't understand or failed to understand from arthur and maybe it took him till his very end to understand is that it's not worth it to rise to micah and say i'm going to hunt you down is to give micah more credit than he's due yep and it, it you lose a part of yourself in that pursuit yeah you said it you said it right that's that's my reasoning for not thinking it's worth it right there like it's just there's nothing that makes it worth it you're not gaining anything out of it other than i guess satisfaction immediately but like you're gonna move on with your life the only like i said the only argument i had was that micah may, might come and try and find you and kill you but like what's the chances of that it's not gonna happen like you're yeah, protecting your family, maybe. I, I think I saw that in like a YouTube comment while I was watching the mission playthrough. But I don't really. That doesn't feel like a happen. real because it's been it's been years already, and it's not. It might happen if John was active and like competing within the criminal underworld with Micah, but no, he's yeah. not. No, he disappeared basically. Although, the counter to that could be that the FBI in the first game might send someone after john and that someone could be micah Ooh. ever think about that he was already the rat whoa right? it's like it's like red dead one but against john himself can you imagine red dead one playing as micah and hunting john marston wow that would that be would weird be, yeah that would be a crazy way to have like a wow that would be insane would you imagine like the setup for a prequel to be like You'd have three different, like, playable characters. And then what if the ending of Red Dead 1 
John dies from Micah, and then you play as his son who goes and kills Micah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what? It's too. Deep. I don't know, man. Yeah, that's too much. Um, that is crazy, though. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I, I think that if you, I've I've been watching some. I I've watched H three H three videos, yep. which is funny to say now because he doesn't really put out that many videos. He just has the podcast, and in my opinion, it's not all that good. Um, I'm not. Int- I don't want to say that. I just want to say it's not my thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he's gotten into some internet drama lately, and like YouTube drama. And of course, what do you do when you find out about YouTube drama? You watch the videos, and you say, "How do I feel about it? Whose side am mm-hmm. I on?" But I watched his video, and all I could think was like. I don't care at all, <laughs> and this is a waste of my time. And every like, what I what I felt was a deep sense of, oh my gosh, the millions of people that are watching this video and Ethan himself are wasting their time and energy on something that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And that is sort of what I feel about the pursuit of Micah, not just in the game, but in the broad scheme of things to pursue Mm -hmm. the mica in your life is a waste you should let mica go because if you don't mica will consume you right yeah i hundred yeah i completely agree (sighs) so continue with what happens because i don't want to get too too far into my tirade all right so um what did i say hold on i have a thing here and i'm trying to remember this was like a few days ago now um when i did this it says do you think arthur cared about revenge not at the end, it didn't seem so. I think that's something that, um, I don't know who said that. Is it's that not a an exact quote? I think it's an exact quote. I don't think I asked this and wrote this to ask you. Maybe I did. Maybe that, no, that might be what it is. Because I don't remember anyone saying that, but I agree. Like, and this is something that sort of weirds me out about Charles in the end. Mm-hmm. And this reminds me of why this is a video game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not why it is but <laughs> the reality that like this is a narrative that someone created and they could have gone different ways at the end here um and i feel like they were sort of left with like these three characters are the ones who would hang out with john at the end mm-hmm. for if you include uncle where's uncle by the way he could come with us i don't want <laughs> uncle there you want uncle <laughs> i think that might that might take a little steam out of the action um <laughs> oh wait no he was probably healing now that I think about it. Yeah, I think he is. Um, I'm sure. That's so funny because now that gives us a reason to injure Uncle from like a narrative structure set up. Ugh, mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> anyway, like if would would Art, would Charles's character as he was developed really go through with that or would he speak out and say, no, like this isn't what Arthur would have wanted? Because Charles seems to understand Arthur greater than any other character does. Mm-hmm. He knows he wants to face the West when he dies. He knows he has a gift in knowing that he will die because now he can set things right. And he has insight into Arthur's philosophy towards his end that John doesn't have. Abigail doesn't have. Sadie mm-hmm. doesn't have. So I've, in, in in my mind, my Charles that I envision would, would recognize that. But he also might see this is the thing about bro Charles. He might say, I know Sadie and John will do this regardless of what I think. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to silently support them. And that is like the ultimate support supporting role to to know I could voice this argument and I could disagree, but I'm going to do it anyway because I understand. I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting too much onto Charles, but no, um, I think 
what makes the most sense for Charles is he he has nothing to lose really at this point. So maybe that makes more sense of why he would. Inc- I just find it weird that he would encourage John to do it. Does I feel he like know? he should. I don't know if he encourages him, but he doesn't say anything against it. But maybe that's what you just said, like being the ultimate bro and just not <laughs> not going against him. Because but... ha- J- Charles has a sort of wisdom that might recognize, like, I'm looking at John right now and, and nothing is changing his mind. You yeah. get that sense. He's he's stone cold. He's like, this yeah. is what's going to happen now. So mm-hmm. to throw your hands up and say, I'm not going to support you. If anything, that would just put John more at risk and... Mm-hmm put abigail and jack more at risk so that is why charles would support him yeah <sighs> with That's... that brevin i never thought about that. i'm glad i'm glad you t- t- talked about that of how charles would do this um that's definitely something to think about that's for sure um all right next so there's a few there's a few lines of dialogue that happen when you're on your way up to go find micah because it's a pretty long ride um to even strawberry. Think, yeah to it but it's like a mountain like you know, it's up way up in the mountain, so it's quite a it's quite a long ride. Um, Wait a second, though. Are you talking about on the? Did you skip over the scene in Strawberry, though? Did I? I really didn't think it. No, I didn't. I didn't skip over yet. Okay, so they're okay. They're on. Okay, so they're on their way. My bad. You're right. I did say it wrong. They're on the way to Strawberry, and they have a little conversation about what they might do after all of this. Um, yeah. So, and that's how you Stra- know the game is ending. By the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had a feeling that there wasn't going to be much left uh, after this. So Charles may leave and go to Canada and find a woman. That's what he says. Isn't that nice? I think he he sees the life that John has and he's like, yes, I want that for myself. Yep, he, he, that's exactly what I think even Sadie says. He's like, you've been uh, spending you've too been much hooked. time with the... Yeah, you've been spending too much time with the, uh, the married life. Yeah. <laughs> domesticated life. Um, and then Sadie also may leave and go south. And she says she might be like a guard or something like that. Let me ask you this, Brevin. At this moment, you know you don't see these characters in... Spoilers for Red Dead 1. You don't see these characters in Red Dead 1. Yep. And they have these sentimental monologues about, oh, after all this is over, I'm going to get a little house on the prairie. Yep. What's going through your mind? I was like, they're going to die. I was like, yep. this is it. And I'm s- <laughs> no, that's I what not, I was thinking. I was not feeling it. I was like, if they, I swear to God, if both of them die in this last mission... And if if anything were to you know ma- like engulf your your fire for Micah, it would be that I think. Oh yeah, and that would have. Oh yeah, that would completely. I'd be like, oh, I'm killing you. You and this is one of those things where you know they they probably have a cutscene where Charles or Sadie die, right? Yeah, they had to. They had to like demo it out and be like, what do we, what do we think feels right? Um, and I wonder how much of this story was like engineered and like no this is the way it happens and how much of it Mm -hmm. was just felt out and like because i think a lot of good stories have strongly developed characters and then they put the character in a setting and say how would this character act rather than saying i'm gonna write a story where a character does this and this and this because then you're not really writing a character you're writing a story yeah um so yeah well uh we'll 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 see how things develop but yes i was very much like oh i was like oh god like they're gonna die this is it i can't deal with this i am so glad that there wasn't some choice mechanism to like oh sadie could die or charles could die oh my god that would ruin the game that would literally ruin the game i i agree i agree and i'm glad that they held back because that very well could have been a demo as well where they're like let's play test this and see how 
But yeah, see that annoys me. I don't, I don't like that. It'd just be so much like a game. That's what would bother me. And yes. Such a, for such a major thing, it would be it would ruin it. Um. So let's see. Cleet says Micah. So we so we go to Strawberry and we we search around a little bit and we find out that Cleet's there and we of course you know we kind of I love the the whole sequence of trying to like trap him. It's so funny because you're just <laughs> like you're slowly chasing him. I don't think the game expected expect, expected me to run so fast at him. Like he like glitched out and froze for a second and like sprinted super fast. Oh really? Away. He like rubber yeah. banded. Yeah, he like rubber banded away from me. Um, and then finally, you know, you you get him around a corner and then Sadie tackles him. I love I love the him. scene where where John is following him and he's just like scurrying and then you see Sadie come from the other direction. It's yeah. like, oh no, you're not going nowhere, my guy. Yeah, blindsided by Sadie. <sighs> um, and then I love how well it sounds kind of crazy when I say I love it, but you you start dragging him, um, you start questioning him, you know, at gunpoint or whatever, and he's not saying anything. So you're like, you know, let's go hang him right now. And I was like, what? You can just do this? There's just somewhere to hang people somewhere? So yeah, you start dragging him, which is like completely unique animation, which I think is awesome. Um, you, you drag him behind you and you like keep telling him like, you know, say your last words or whatever, or say something about where he is. Get him up there. You put him on the noose. And he finally, you know, after quite a bit of saying, you know, tell us or else we're just going to kill you right now. And you start even pulling the lever, which is kind of like, oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's um, on, he's on the, the gallows and he has yeah, the that's what they're trap called. door underneath him and the noose yeah. around his neck. And John is ready to pull the lever while he's interrogating him. Yeah. Oh, you um, also, you also beat him up too. Like I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You do that. beat like, him. You yeah. beat this guy. And th- this scene actually makes me think of like, cause Cleet. Yeah. He's, he's not great. Right. He never contributed mm-hmm. much. He was just like a blind, but he, but at the same time, he was just like a blind follower of Micah, right? He yep. wasn't some agent of evil. Mm-hmm. So seeing John and Sadie and even Charles there, like beating up on this guy just to get information on where, and on where Micah is, and he's also saying, "I'm not working with him right now. I'm yep. cool with you guys." While they're just beating into him, like that made me feel gross. In but a he way. could be lying. Yes, he could be lying, and you shouldn't be that trusting, sure. But like, this is this just like underlines the point of like the right thing to do if you're if you are seeking righteousness is to let it go because the work that you need to put in like this to in exact your revenge is is bringing you down as a person. Yeah, yep. I gotta be honest though with you, like this whole mission, I was so behind everything they were doing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was beating the crap out of him, and I was so satisfied. You were leaning into it? Yeah, because yeah, well, like, that's what John is feeling, and I think yep. that that makes sense. Um, and even then, so he finally tells you he's up in the mountains, and, like, he's got his own gang now, and, like, he's pretty dangerous. Um, and you get the option to either spare him or hang him there. And I was leaning on the edge of what to do right here. I was like, wow. well, I don't know what to do, but then Sadie told me to hang him. So I hung him. <gasps> wow okay okay this yeah. is interesting um yep. so you decided that john would hang this guy so yep. you killed the man that wasn't micah your original mission was to get revenge on micah and you're going beyond that and killing another person yep which you know, and I, isn't that go ahead, yep. worse like you're you're going it is worse but i feel like this is what would happen like this is the actual canon version of the story he has he has sadie backing him up i don't remember if charles is saying anything i don't know if he is but sadie's really pushing it like hang this guy and you have a crowd of people who want him to die which is kind of crazy like well they don't have any idea what's going on and there's a crowd just surrounding the gallows (laughs) it's like a public execution yeah Yeah, it's like no one has any idea what this guy did wrong (laughs) 
Except I do. Well, I, I I think when when John was chasing him around, he was like, "Get that guy! He's a murderer!" Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Oh, sure." Yeah, he must be. Um. Well, actually, it's funny you mentioned that Sadie was so you know strong, felt so strongly about it because I didn't hang him, and I thought, "No, I'm going to try to preserve what little integrity for John that I can." Mm-hmm. And you know what? You want to guess what happens? Does Sadie freak out? Or does Sadie, like, does Sadie, like, back up? Oh, no, she freaks out? She, well, I don't know if you want to say, I mean, she's Freak. pretty calm for Sadie anyway, but she just takes the gun out and blows his brains out. Wow, I did not expect that. It's, it's difficult to watch. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, it's. So there's no winning there. He's going to die anyway. He's going to die anyway. You're not the one who's going to do it. At whose hand. So in some ways, when you when you do that, it feels like a betrayal to Sadie to say, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a bigger person, and not kill this guy." That's but what Sadie, I mean. but Sadie is like, "No, like we're killing this guy." So mm-hmm. now now you're just making my job more difficult, and you're making me look like the bad guy by shooting him. But also, it's like, come on, Sadie. Like, do you really need to kill this guy? What's gonna happen? We don't. But he could he's be like, lying. He's I don't know. Useless, right? Like that's what I'm thinking about. Like. Sort of like the the first choice in the game, where you can kill the O'Driscoll that you find. If you let him go, whatever. Like it's not really going to amount to much. Yeah. So that's why it's sort of like gratuitous. Um, but it really reveals in that moment, I think how how hardcore and I don't want to say detached, but like vicious, vicious Sadie has become. Mm-hmm. Especially regarding the subject matter. Like of get, of getting revenge on Micah. Yeah, and what is it? Is it is it Sadie's fondness for Arthur, I think? I think it is. Yeah. And also I think she's just so fed up. She's like, I don't have any patience for this. I'm not I mean, we we do have her saying, like, I can't I don't have time to think about whether or not someone deserves a bounty. And mm-hmm. in her mind, she finally has a situation where she thinks, yes, these people deserve what's coming to them. So maybe yep. that's what it is. She's like, no, I don't need to think about this because I know that he is like in her own moral philosophy. She views Cleet and anyone associated with Micah as just like scum of the earth. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was I was curious what your reaction would be when I hung him. I and mean, you, uh... I don't know, man. I like I what I like about John's um, moral choices at the end is it's it doesn't need to be in line with Arthur's. Like you don't need to be playing a good playthrough and then be like, oh, I'm gonna do all good choices for John as well. Yep. You just want to do like what feels right. Um, that did I, feel right though. I don't know. That just I'm, felt right with the energy. Actually, I don't know if you know how honor affects the ending for Arthur. I don't think it affects John's ending in this game. I don't see how it could. Write in if you yeah, know, know about anything like that. But Yeah, I'd be curious know. to look it up to see. I wonder if there's like a whole wiki page on like how honor affects everything in the game. I'd I would love to, to know everything things. about it because it is a weird black box. You don't lose honor for hanging him. Interesting. See, and now this is exactly where I get confused yep. with this game where it's like, why don't you lose honor for that? But you lose honor for, or you get honor for throwing a fish back? Like yep. what? I don't know, man. I don't know. Don't question it, I guess. Um, let's see. Yo, Hung Klee. All right, so now we're on our way to go to this mountain and finish what needs to be done. And, of course, we, we're we riding up. We're all we're all hyped. 
And of course a sniper shoots Charles and I was like, this is it. I was like, this is this is the whole beginning of the situation. <laughs> I was like, my god. The sniper the sniper deaths in, in games are always the worst because it's like, oh so like, abrupt. this is it. Like, yeah. This is happening now. Yeah, and he gets he gets shot like right in the upper chest too, like near the shoulder. I was like, that cannot be good. That's not a good place to get shot. He didn't get shot in his arm. Well, actually, getting shot in your shoulder isn't really that bad, right? They don't have any organs in your shoulder. You don't, but, like, I'm just... Especially for back then. Like, you just bleed out, I feel like, anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So, yeah, yeah, Charles is shot. Charles is shot. This is a tough scene, right? Yeah, because John doesn't want to leave him. Mm Mm-hmm. John really does not want to. And, you know, I don't... I completely understand why he wouldn't want to. I would almost call it off right there. Like, this is not worth losing Charles over. Yeah, but and you Charles, know what? Mm-hmm. They could come back another day. <laughs> like, they they could, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe, I, I mean, I bet you if they left, then Michael would come after them and it wouldn't end well. But... Yeah. Um, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why Charles was so, like, go forth. Well, that's probably not why. But that like, could be a reason, like... He could get revenge on us. He could find, or or he could weasel his way out of it, and they have this chance to Mm -hmm. finally hunt him down. I think that's more in line. Yep. And you get in a this gunfight was epic. Well, I just want to say Charles is like, I'll I'll be right behind you. I'll catch up. And when I saw him say that, I was like, I don't know if he really is. I thought I thought it was like where it was going to be like, where's Charles? Then you find him. You know, he's dead. We'll see what happens though, right, Brevin? We shall see. Um. But yeah, like I was saying, this is an epic mission. Like, the music is perfect for it. And I, I think this is really fitting. And I don't know why I never use this feature. Because I talked about it really early on in the podcast. Um, You could dual wield guns in this game. Yeah. And I have never used the feature. I just chose not to. I think it's it's more it's more cowboy style to use one gun. I don't know why. It felt more natural. That's um, And I even said it about that. Micah. I was like, I that's awesome that Micah can do it. I was like, I hope I can do it. And then you can. And I just never did it. <laughs> It was a perfect send-off for the final mission of the game. I used dual wield revolvers the whole time. Oh, that's awesome. And it was just it was just so epic. I was like, I kind of wish I did this throughout the whole game, because it is so satisfying to just and like I knew it was the end of the game, so I'm just pumping everyone full of lead. Like, absolutely no regard for aim. Like if you're in the general direction of me, I'm just shooting. Yeah, I love that. And it's it was it was so fun. Um But of course, you know, things can't work out perfectly because then Sadie gets stabbed. And I was like, is this happening? This is actually, everyone's going to die right now on me. This is like ultimate stress levels where you're like, oh my God, they're both going to die. And now it's just John and what's going to happen. And like Sadie gets stabbed in the chest too, or like right in the stomach. That's like, that's like, you're going to die if you do not get medical help. Mm -hmm. And And she even says she's bleeding badly. Like you're bleeding terribly. You need to, you need to sit down and like, you need to go home. You need to stop fighting right now. And she's like, no, I'll be fine. Just give me a second. And it's yeah. like hard to listen to her voice. Oh man, because the delivery is so good because it's like, oh, she doesn't sound good. Like yeah. it still sounds like Sadie, but you can tell how hard she's struggling. Yep. I'm just I'm just thinking about the scenes again. It is just, and I said epic music and epic shootout. Um, so you get you get after you kill. Like I actually almost died on this in this part of the game. One of the few parts where I've died in combat like scenarios, but like I didn't have any healing on me because I just haven't done much as John like outside oh. of story. So I didn't have much to heal myself. I have to use a miracle tonic, which is the first time I've ever used one, which heals everything. That's the so first time good. you use a miracle tonic? Yeah, I've never used every one that healed everything. Because I didn't have health funny. like potions. I use, or... I, I use them all the time, but yeah. That's the first time I ever used one. 
Um, and like, it was getting very, like, you're just getting like shot from everywhere. There's so many people. Oh yeah. And that's why I was like, okay, I kind of need to like take this back. I can't make it too epic and just go in guns <laughs> a blazing and yeah. you think about what I'm doing slightly. Um, but you end up fighting your way up all the way to the top of the mountain where you find this little, not little, but you find this cabin and I will say you, you encountered, um, Cleet's opposite first. Oh yeah, you do. The yes. bigger guy and you yeah. kill him. Um, yes, you do. does he stab Sadie? Is he the one that stabbed Sadie or no? I don't know. I, don't I, I remember John saying something like, oh, I, I got so-and-so, by the way. I don't remember the guy's name. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just so interesting to see because they, they like remember him and they're like, yeah, we got him. And I was like, I don't really remember I don't this really guy remember that these much. Guys. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember so. these guys too much. They're only in the game for a little bit. Yeah. Right near the end. But um, yeah, you, you work your way up to this little shack and out comes Micah with his uh, beard that I don't remember him having that looked like that. He has, like, a different colored beard, it looks like. Different Much color? Grayer. It, it, it looked more gray or something, I which know. I guess would make sense. Actually, I don't, I, I'm interested to look that up now. I don't remember if it was gray or not, but, yeah, it's Micah. It's, like, lighter. It's Micah, and, it's, yep, it's just, he's the same exact guy. Piece of crap. No character development for Micah. <laughs> no, nothing. He immediately starts insulting your wife. Oh, yeah. And that's when I was like, I cannot wait for you to die. I was like, yeah. this is this is the moment. I so you this. are at least into it. I, I like into, that. I was completely into it during this. Yeah. I, once we once we started going, I was like, forget about Abigail and Jack. I want this man dead. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so you so I was so confused for a second because after after um, he starts to say whatever he says about, you know, you being a garbage human and not deserving anything this is micah saying it to john you get in like a a, i was like is this a boss fight i was like is this a red dead boss fight going on right now because you get in this thing where you can't you can't shoot him at all if he's shooting at you because he'll push you back into cover and it feels very metal gear like yeah i was like like, oh my god it was like a mechanic exactly yeah i was like this is like straight up boss fight material right here which i love i love boss fights in games so i was really hyped i was like trying to figure it out and i was like there's like nothing to figure out here you can't do anything. I'm so confused by this sequence because you, I don't know. Like, what's the point of that? Why Why not just go into the next scene? Like, yeah, maybe it's just to, cause you can't, know. you can't shoot him, right? Like, no, there's... I tried it. Well, I didn't try everything. Cause you know, it only lasts like a minute and a half or so. But like, I was really trying to get a shot in on him. I was like, holy crap, this is really difficult. If this is actually a boss fight. <laughs> Yeah, I and he's know. not really doing much damage to you either, which is why I was, is this not a boss fight? And this is like weighted out sequence, and it basically is that, right? You it just is need to it's exactly like that. I wonder if you just don't move in that, and you just let Micah run around and take shots at you. Does it just proceed? Yeah, I don't know. It's, right it's in an, if you it's know an more odd, about that. That's yeah, it's an odd video gamey thing they decided to put in. Maybe it's to show that like Micah can outgun you. That's the only thing Maybe, I can think I of. It's, but it's still odd. Yeah, I don't know. But um. I'm trying to remember exactly. Fill me in if I, I missed something here, but I'm pretty sure this is when Dutch comes out, right? No. Like, am I... No, okay, so I did miss something. I, I just forgot to write a note. So does Sadie show up first? Sadie shows up, and yes, she's okay. got a hand on her stomach or wherever she yeah. was stabbed, and she's got yep. a, a wavering gun pointed at Micah, and she says, We got you, Micah! Yep. And yep. Micah throws throws his, his guns up, and he's oh, like, yeah. Oh, you got me. Yeah, yeah. Yep, okay, now um, it's coming back. And he, oh, he still looks like a weasel, but I I was actually surprised that he would even, like, give in like that. But, I mean, I guess, yeah, you got a gun aimed at you. 
I'm, um, I'm surprised they don't make them drop. Like, I've, I noticed this throughout Red Dead. When someone gets, like, caught and, like, put in their hands up, they don't drop their guns. They put them back in their holster. Is that, like, a cowboy thing? Like, an honor thing? I don't know. It's very odd. Well, if you drop a revolver and it has a bullet chamber, then you can... Well, actually, if you drop guns in general, you, the drop can cause the gun to go off. So you really shouldn't yeah. drop guns. I mean, I guess, yeah, you could throw it, like, s- to land on its side. but still. Or just slowly place it on the ground. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if I if it was Micah, I'd probably say like, "Hey, no, actually, don't put them back in your holster. Just yeah, put them on the ground. Might take them out because you're probably or just a pretty shoot fast gunslinger." This is what I don't understand. Like, maybe sit. I don't know. Why didn't Sadie just kill him? I think it's a, it's. Did she want a monologue? I think it, I think you want the the supervillain monologue. Um, but I feel like Sadie would actually do that in real life. Like she Sadie probably would say so. no. Sadie would actually do monologue in real life. For just to just to explain the pain and yep. what damage she's caused. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Because she's kind of like a loose cannon. She wouldn't be thinking clearly, especially after getting injured like that, too. And she's like super confident. Yeah. Um, but yep, then you, want, you got one more thing to say or you want me to so, the ultimate reveal? I don't remember what happens. Is it Micah overpowers her and then Dutch comes out or is it he's able to because Dutch comes out? He's able to be... Well, does Micah... Over, oh, wait, yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay, it's coming back. It's been, like, three days now since I played the mission. Um, But, yeah, so... Micah comes out... Or, no, she over... I think she just overpowers her. I, it's annoying she's It's like, bothering me. She's, like, passing out. Yeah. Um, so he just he just goes quickly and grabs her. Yeah, and, and her John's like, no! He's, like, he's, like, frustrated by it. Yeah. Um, he's, like... And then you... Yeah, so then... The ultimate reveal. I wasn't expecting it. I don't know if I'm an idiot, and I literally thought this to myself. I was like, am I an idiot? Because I didn't see this coming. <laughs> that Dutch walks out, and I was like, oh my god, they're still together after I all that time? I wasn't expecting this. No, this is, this is a reveal. Okay. And Dutch walks, walks out in this, like, luxurious yeah, fur coat. Like a, it's yeah. weird. It's, like, so distinct. And you know that the, you know, fashion designers, if they exist, I'm sure they do for this game, mm-hmm. wardrobe... <laughs> virtual wardrobe <laughs> had so much fun with this outfit but it's dutch looks like a king essentially yeah like, he does and he's he's like sort of he kind of is a king though he has really? so much money at that point the emperor has no clothes brevin <laughs> well i guess i guess he has a really nice fur coat um yes. and he comes out and then this it becomes a standoff with micah and dutch aiming their guns at at john. john together and i was like oh god i don't know what's happening here i was like I, don't, I genuinely had no clue what to expect out of this game somehow in the final mission even though i know the future uh, <laughs> i know what's going to happen but yeah you get in, you get in this really long like literally gunpoint where you switch back and forth to say things which there was one thing i didn't like about the scene was the fact that you have to button prompt to say things i was like come on really like you could just look back and forth and i think organically it could happen you know what i'm saying yeah, because it has, like, the choose-your-own-dialogue thing. It's, it's not even choose-your-own-dialogue. It's just press X to talk. Oh, There's okay. nothing to choose between, but you just have to look at between people. But they could have done it organically, but I don't know. I might just be nitpicking. It's a video game. But, yeah, you get in this really long thing about, you know, it's not worth taking Sadie's life over this. Well, specifically, no. I'm trying to remember exactly. They're using Sadie as a bargaining chip to try to get John to join, oh, to join them. Yeah, join back in the gang. Yep. They're like, we we can we can do more now john like come with us and we we can do so much together which is just 
like if anything proves that that micah and dutch don't grow or learn lessons it's this that they are saying no it'll be different this time one more score john one more score just join us well we got it figured out now and this is this is the guy by the way that like you you let dot you let get captured in a bank right Mm -hmm. you saw him get shot on a train and didn't go back to save him and told everyone that he was dead when he knew he was alive and he comes back crawling says, through the woods wounded yeah. and you you have the audacity to say no come work with us john yeah no it's yeah that, i never even <sighs> thought about how little it shows or how much it shows that they how little they've learned from this whole situation for the years they've had to think about it <sighs> yeah the audacity to ask him but they still ask they don't just kill them which they could do yep. which is so interesting i think i think what what makes this sort of make more sense is john's nature of being like sort of you know the the joke that he's like sort of dull and he is a follower um which is sort of funny that that the protagonist of red dead one you don't necessarily view him as a follower because he's causing so much action but ultimately he is you know that's Mm -hmm. john's profile is like he's just someone who goes with the flow um Mm -hmm. which arthur realized in his end that that's not the way to live um but that that sort of i think paints a more realistic picture as dutch thinking that he could convince john and and micah seeing value in him as well um Mm -hmm. so how does it play out brevin i almost wish i I had waited to play this until like today so i didn't know that you had one mission left normally you wait to play till like right before yeah Yeah. so Um, no, I'm trying to, no, I, I think I remember, I'm just trying to remember exactly what, what Micah is saying to John, like, about, because obviously, like, why would he want to join if Micah's an awful person? Let's take a break. I'm going to make an executive decision that this is important enough that you and I should watch this. Yeah, we should watch it. And iron out the details, because I don't yeah. want to f- flummox this. Yeah. Um, we'll be back in a moment. I ain't got too much to say no more, Brevin. Wow, I'm so glad I watched that. What a I'm I'm glad to because there's a lot of small details that if we're just going off of our memory we will miss. Um so, just to clarify, um Sadie has Micah at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. Dutch exits the cabin or tower or whatever and with with both of his guns raised, I think we yes. missed that. Uh, interestingly, they're Schofield revolvers and not semi-automatic pistols. Yeah, I noticed that. I was trying. I thought about what pistol he had. I was like, is that his right pistols? Um, yeah. So isn't that funny? But anyway, um, in that moment, Micah finds the opportunity to overpower Sadie because mm-hmm. she's startled by someone coming out of the door, and the person being Dutch. So you can understand. <laughs> um, and what's so interesting? I don't know if you picked up on this bit of dialogue as well john what are you doing here dutch oh same as you same as you i suppose yeah what what does does that that mean mean? what does that mean i was i i'm glad you said i don't know why i wouldn't have brought that up but i was thinking to myself what does that actually mean because i was like this doesn't really make sense but unless i don't hold on let me think so you know you know that dutch speaks in 
broad terms. He's not a literal person. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at this YouTube comment on the video that that we watched. And it says, John came to kill Micah. John, what are you doing here, Dutch? Dutch, same as you, I suppose. I don't think John, I don't think Dutch came here to kill Micah. I think that's a stretch. I think, I think Dutch doesn't really know what he's doing. Um, I think that he probably before Sadie and John showed up was intending on doing something with Micah, some criminal activity, some Mm -hmm. starting a gang. I mean, they have a gang. So yeah, there you go. I think it's more a symbolic way of, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think about like, maybe it's like, does is he assuming that John doesn't know what he's doing with his life? And like, he's in the same situation. Yeah, is it like, you know, daily grind? <laughs> That's the essential, <laughs> yeah, that like, it's another Monday. No, I, I don't know. I mean, yes, he, that could be one possibility. I'm thinking of something more like dealing with your past, um, resolving untold stories. But is that really what Dutch is doing? I think... I think maybe what he's saying is now that John, now that you and Sadie are here, I'm doing the same thing as you. Where he's not saying what, like you can interpret the question as, Oh Dutch, why are you here? But instead he says, Oh Dutch, what are you doing here? And Dutch is mm-hmm. saying, I'm doing the same thing as you. I'm, I have a gun pointed at you and I'm need to figure out what's going to happen because yep. no one knows. Or maybe Dutch knows, and this is where I get tripped up, right? So, what did you ask me when you were watching when we were watching this together? You said you wanted to know what moment. Oh, what 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 makes Dutch shoot Micah? So that's ultimately what happens, right? We have the scene, a standoff. John has to point his gun between D- Micah and Dutch, and as he does that, and you mentioned the awkward like dialogue system, he yeah. con- he asks them questions. He says like. Let her go. She's not well when he's talking to Micah. Mm-hmm. And I love the futility of trying to appeal to Micah's sim- sympathy. Like, oh, she's yeah, not which... well? Let me just let her go. I really care about <laughs> Sadie's well-being. Um, <laughs> that's an aside. Um, but I... Well, what do you think? I want to hear your thoughts on it. Because at after going why, back and forth Dutch so many times, Micah? Dutch, who seems very content to point his gun at John... Mm-hmm. Out, seemingly out of the blue turns and shoots Micah in the chest and Micah's you, you shot me Dutch <laughs> you shot me good I think I can do a good Micah impression which is probably sad that's like my <laughs> <laughs> that's your talent for that's my talent to... yep. uh, <sighs> so alright the, the, this is my thought of why maybe this happened if you I don't know if this is maybe just the idle animation that they chose to do for the scene, but if you look at what Dutch is actually doing, he's pointing the gun at John, and then Micah starts talking about Arthur. You know, John says, you know, what about Arthur? Or something, something about Arthur. Arthur saved my life. Yeah, Arthur saved my life. And Micah says, Arthur's been dead a long time, John. It's a new century. century. And I feel like when I watched this, I even rolled it back again to see if I saw it correctly. Dutch seems to look over at Micah when he says that, but I don't know if that's just the animation. I, I, you, you really think that Rockstar would leave something up to a default animation in such a pivotal moment? I don't. No. I think we got to give him more credit than that, man. Yeah, I'm gonna follow your your um read into it and say yes, it is the mention of Arthur and the weight 
that that brings back to Dutch where he says, mm -hmm. oh, that's right. Arthur. I mean, not not to suggest that Dutch isn't thinking of Arthur. He mm -hmm. probably is. I hope he is. But that's the moment where he realizes like, because what everything in Dutch's life is pretty much just like chaos and change. He's mm -hmm. always, you know, moving from one place to another and the people that he's surrounding him with rotates. He had Hosea, he lost Hosea. He had Arthur and he lost Arthur. And I think if anything were to impact Dutch in such a way, it's Arthur's philosophy in the end and his mm -hmm. conviction. And it's hard to say whether or not things would get through to Dutch because he seems so confident and like he has such a huge ego. Yeah. But I, I like to think that in his final hours, even though it took Dutch a long time to realize this, and he probably didn't realize it in the moment, he recognized Arthur's conviction and saw him as right. And he, he, if any, if he knows anything, it is that Arthur is a good man. And he sees Micah say, Arthur's been dead a long time. It's a new century. And that reminds, reminds Dutch, like, whose side am I really on here? Yeah. That's my read of it anyway. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think that's the turning point of why Dutch makes that decision out of nowhere. And the thing is, too, when he, he shoots Micah and Micah's like, shot me real good. And then Dutch just walks away. Doesn't say anything. The way he looks at John, too, is eerie. It's Yeah, it's like, I it's can't like, describe it's like, it. It's like a disapproving look. So it reminds me of the most. It's like disgust. It's like, yeah. I don't want to be here right now. Like, mm -hmm. I'm leaving. Um, well, it's interesting that he looks at him, though. He doesn't... Because I, I sort of envision it more as, like, him, his eyes glazing over and him walking off like a zombie. Like, that's what mm -hmm. I would see Dutch doing in this moment. But he doesn't do that. He looks at John directly as he walks away. Um, I don't know if it's just, like... Dutch like flexing like he normally does like <laughs> I'm so cool look at me but it's it does strike me as like Dutch he sh he shows so much intelligence but everything of his about his actions make it seem like he's n he's not thinking things through he doesn't have any plan all he's doing is just following his gut and speaking mm -hmm. like at, out of thin air so and that's probably exactly what happens here yes like this person um, on YouTube says Dutch came here to kill Mike. That's what they're implying. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to put too much meaning to this random comment at, or <laughs> give the guy a hard time yep. because he could also be saying like, oh, eventually Dutch turned out to be true because he ended up killing Micah in essence. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't think Dutch, he's not thinking that far ahead. He's not saying like, oh, I'm going to, assassinate micah in his sleep and now i have the opportunity and i'm gonna play up this scene with the mexicans like no what that doesn't make any sense yeah no it doesn't it has to be dutch lost and just thinking like the events are happening to him he's not an actor here but he does preserve action and agency in making his decision mm -hmm. but why does he do that and then just leave when there's thousands of dollars this is what i want to ask you about so dutch is the money guy just one more score man we just need yep. money and then we can live free we'll move to tahiti and in the end 
he walks away from more money than he's probably ever seen? Why? I know you're asking me, but like... <laughs> I am asking you, Brevin. Think about it. I, don't, I mean, we don't have the answer, do we? Yeah, we don't. We don't have the answer, but I, just, I cannot wait to play Red Dead 1. Well, I can't wait to maybe play Red Dead 1. So we've talked about Dutch, and we've said, is Dutch evil? Is he trying to do good, and he's failing at it? Is he... Was he originally good, and he turned bad, or has he always been bad? And... I think you you were uh, you were in the camp. Dutch is evil. Dutch is not good. Mm-hmm. I don't think Dutch has any leg to stand on. But I think that this scene, which you hadn't seen when you mm. made those comments, sort of goes against that because if Dutch is really evil, if he's greedy, if he is in the lower levels of, um, is it Ma- Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Maslow's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He would care more about the money than walking away. Of course. So this shows another layer to his character that we didn't really expect, right? I'm, I'm, I never even thought about the fact that he walked away from the money while I was playing the game. I was just probably so flabbergasted that he was even there. Um, wow, that's crazy. I, is it just because he wants to, like, does he realize, like, what he's doing? But then still goes back to it later. But he wants to like make a good decision there. So like I need to move on. I don't know. That's like he's not I, no, strong no, enough to, no. to get there's, away. There's it's not a tactical. He's not thinking he's getting that money. He's walking away from the money. He's mm-hmm. like I. No no no. That's not what I meant. That is not what I meant. Okay. I meant he's gonna walk away from like the life of gang because oh, like, okay. of what he's seen. That's funny. You thought he was. I'll come back and get the money later. Um. <laughs> yeah he's gonna walk away from being a gang member but then of course that obviously doesn't turn out because of red dead one and he just gets sucked back into it because that's the only life he knows well that's where i struggle because if i just played red dead redemption 2 and that's it i would i would say okay dutch has left the life that's Mm -hmm. that's the ending that he chose he's i don't know what he's doing maybe he's like a shoemaker somewhere or something shoemaker. whatever dutch is doing maybe he's he probably become like a priest or something knowing dutch mm-hmm. but um we know what dutch's ending is and is is it in line with these events no it's not <laughs> it's i don't know man it's what a what a strange not strange but incredibly surprising ending it's complicated yeah. And you know what? You said it's not. And I'm going to try to make an argument for why it is. In Dutch and Red Dead Redemption 2, all throughout, is all about seeking security and safety and finding mm. um, some sort of escape from being on the run. At least that's what he says he's about. And we'll pretend like we can take him at his word, which we know we can't. Mm. Um, I think before the events of Red Dead Redemption 2, we get the impression that he was more about, you know, giving money away and about family and things like that. And he wasn't so concerned about safety because he probably wasn't as much of as as in in as much danger as he ends up being in Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, In Red Dead Redemption 1, he doesn't care about safety, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. he doesn't care about money i would say what he cares about is his whacked out philosophy 
about bringing back America to the way it was. Or, mm-hmm. you know, he's... Where he's, you, like, take everything that you want. He's in the top level of the Maslow's hierarchy, but his philosophy is so messed up that he's ends up taking a gun and making a gang or whatever. Like, yep. whatever Dutch is... What is, he even, what is he even doing in Red Dead 1? That's what I'm excited I, to I, find I out. Yeah, because that's what I mean. Yep. Like, what is going on there? He Like, he's running away from John, sure, but what does he really want to do? Like, what... I don't know. I'm excited. Well, but what I, what I bring that up for, for is to say, like, this is John changing i'm sorry this is dutch changing his motivation he's no longer after money and safety and he's switching into his morality system Mm -hmm. which i i bet you you know everyone's a hero of their own story dutch views this as like a redemption for himself where he's saying oh i'm gonna live like arthur now i'm not gonna care about money i'm gonna try to bring my philosophy to life and live out my values it just Mm -hmm. so happens that dutch has weird values that don't necessarily hold up but Mm -hmm. i think that that makes sense right yeah that makes sense yeah man it's like i can't i can't believe there's a sequel to this game that's like so crazy to think about you know what i mean a sequel um like red dead one exists like there's a more to this story because it's like you could just end it here i agree and that's what's so impressive about this being a prequel is like you could let the end be not really an end and just let it be like a cute like reference to the start of the first game but mm-hmm. they make this a game in of itself oh yeah more than a game it's a whole shebang yeah and that's it that's the end of the game that's it that's that's all she wrote uh and i would disagree with you there I would well there is a little there. bit more no there is a little bit more what do you mean? Hold on. Wait, is there more to the game after that? <laughs> well, oh yeah, there is. Is there? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me actually look before I say that. Okay, so there's the there's the credits, which are the longest I have ever seen in a game. By far. What? Really? <laughs> oh, you minutes, mean like dude? the full scroll? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I didn't want to skip people? anything. I didn't oh, want to skip anything. I see. So I, I see. sat and watched the whole thing, and I was like, "Wow, this is a long cut." It, it must have been long. like twenty five minutes, right? It's like, like yeah, it's like 25, 30 minutes of credits <laughs> yep can you imagine but um is this what you're talking about when you say there's not there is there another story like another mission i purposely tried to make sure there's there no mission no 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 okay so what are you talking about when you say there's more <laughs> besides the credits hold on are we done talking about dutch i feel no, like we, we're not i mean no we don't have to be done we don't have to be done no i i don't know i mean what else is there to say i i think dutch is so fascinating because of this turn here, how about this? I have, this is uh, something that um, Aldino wrote in with, and it's some a question I wanted to save for the end. Mm-hmm. He talks about the head injury in the Urban Pleasure mission. Do you think maybe he went mad because of everything in general, or do you think maybe a head injury might be the reason for the dynamic change as well as everything else? Do you remember this, Brevin? I don't remember the head injury, no. Wow, okay. So Urban Pleasures is the mission where they try to rob the bus station, or the trolley station, yep, and yep, it okay. goes terribly wrong because it's like you know thirty nine dollars and seventy five cents or whatever. Yeah. And they get on the trolley to escape, and it crashes for some reason. Why does it crash? Isn't that sort of weird? I think they like 
make it go too fast. I, I Maybe. I, I, can't rem- I can't remember. I remember that whole mission, but I can't remember him getting the injury. So it, it's this like blurred out scene where like Arthur loses his bearings and he gets up and you see, you see Dutch get up and he's holding his head. Mm-hmm. And he's, I think he specifically says something like, I don't feel well, which is like, mm-hmm. if you see Dutch saying that, like, oh boy, I don't know what, what's going on with him. Yeah. So, and th- this is not, it, you, maybe you didn't notice it so much um, when you played it, but I think this is a very deliberate scene to say Dutch hit his head. Like Rockstar is mm-hmm. trying to tell you this as a, like, warning, warning, <laughs> Dutch <Yep. laughs> is suffering a head injury. Yeah. Um, so while Dino is asking, is is his change let's say that there is a dynamic change right is it due to the head injury is is that a con- contributing factor like do you view do you view dutch as losing like mental capacity or losing his bearings because of something like that i mean yeah it could happen i just that i'm just so blown over the like bl- my mind's blown that that was even a detail in the game that you could possibly align this whole thing with that it could be because of a head injury that happened. I mean, but it makes sense. I mean, the whole TB thing. Well, the characters make reference to it too. Wait, what whole TB thing? What do you mean? Like Arthur getting tuberculosis, like, and that was such a tiny little thing at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting parallel. I love that. Yeah. Um, but characters make mention and they say, oh, I don't know. Dutch hasn't really been the same since he hit his head. And they'll say, oh my God. I don't know if this is like, um, a good plan like Dutch is sort of losing it specifically when he gets into like the Native American tribal wars and everything mm-hmm. I mean that's um, just backing up it that's just backing it up more that it could be him just losing grasp on reality because of a head injury and I think you I think you nailed it there in losing grasp I don't think it like is like all of a sudden we have Dutch's evil twin shows up and now mm-hmm. it's like he I, I think I, I view Dutch as a I don't really want to say a sympathetic character, but someone who's suffering and he's mm-hmm. suffering in a profound way in that he's not able to communicate at all. It it actually reminds me of like, like someone with Alzheimer's or something where he, he's struggling so desperately to keep his grasp on what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And you see this clearly in the final confrontation with Arthur where you know, he's not, he doesn't know what to do there. And we talked about this. He's not like, you know, Oh, all up in arms against Arthur and John. He's confused and he doesn't know what to do. And I think that really follows through with the ending scene, because when he's looking at John and Sadie and pointing his gun at, at them, Mm -hmm. and he sees Micah as the one who's you know, talking about Arthur, I don't think he's saying, okay, now's my chance to shoot Micah. He's saying, oh, I'm going to shoot Micah right now. And mm-hmm. he doesn't even, like, I don't get the impression that it's some reality that he believes strongly in. I think it's just, like, his impulse because he, he doesn't... struck a nerve. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he's even capable of plotting as much anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe... The head injury sheds some more light on Dutch's actions in Red Dead One. That's yeah, that that could definitely make up for some of those uh, some of the reasoning of why he would be so crazy, losing his grip on reality. Yeah, and I think that I think when we said the way he looks at John, 
the disgust on his face. Mm-hmm. I think it is disgust. And it's not disgust with John necessarily. It's disgust with it all. How it all ended for him is too much yeah. for him. And that is enough, I think, to make him walk away from the money and say, I don't even know what to believe anymore. Yeah. Because everything well, I thought that was true is, is, is gone now. I ain't got too much to say no more, mm-hmm. which is profound to come from someone who does nothing but talk. Yeah. <sighs> Brevin. I can't believe that. And I'm still like, just the fact that this, this game has such a crazy ending and I didn't expect it to really have an insane ending. You know what I mean? Like, so, so you thought, so many different yeah, ways to take it. You thought the real, I remember you saying like, well, it's really over and I'm just like finishing up, but this is yeah. an ending in and of itself for sure. Yeah. There's a lot to digest. <sighs> Any more to say? I mean, I there mean, is. It's, it's always just, more to say. It's just so much, and you f- you forget that it's a video game. Like, this is in the same medium as I, we keep bringing up GTA V. And mm-hmm. when I play GTA V's ending, it doesn't feel like this. No, GTA V's ending is not good, in my opinion. <laughs> it's And we won't spoil I it. I don't like it. We won't. We won't spoil it. But um, y- you don't... We're, we're not looking at character models and funny endings for people or like we're thinking about philosophy now which i think is so impressive that they were able to do this (sighs) please write in about your your thoughts and feelings on the ending what kind of person is dutch does he is he like the machiavellian puppet master who had plans all along do you have any argument for that um or is he hopelessly lost and that's that's my picture of him that i choose i think mm-hmm. what i love what i love is that they don't tell you yeah they do not they don't say a thing about it they being the design the developers and writers and it's never mentioned either the, no the whole i mean chain of events and we don't really get john's take on it either do we no we don't not at all and this Knowing that this happens makes the confrontation that John has with Dutch at the end much more interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I don't know, man. It's just a crazy ending. It really is. So please write in. I want. I think we we can discuss more. Discuss this in greater detail. Write into reddeadcast@gmail.com with your thoughts. Brevin, what happens next? So, um, the oh, credits roll. We should say. Sadie and Charles are fine. Yeah, they they do not die, I think. Surprisingly, uh, Charles doesn't come up in the final sequence. I wonder if they planned on using him as, like, you know, the next Sadie that would, like, show up and point the guns at them, you know? He doesn't show up then, but he does show up before, right? Doesn't he shoot someone with a sawed-off at some point? Yeah, 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 he, he catches up. I was up, trying to remember. But then he isn't able to, like, keep up with them after that yeah. either. yeah. Which okay. is also why I thought he's yeah he does show up again. Cool. It's not the final sequence. So yeah, that is the end of the game, and we hit the credits. Um, and there is a lot of information in the credits <laughs> for this game. Like wow, I think I missed a few things honestly. Um, so let's see, what do we got? We got the money from Blackwater. That's the other thing too. Actually, after all this is over, there's one more scene. They go into the into the shack. In this chest is literally gold bars upon gold bars, tons of money. 
absolutely insane. So remember when you were you were asking me, is the money from Blackwater in the cave? And I was like, maybe I don't know because <laughs> I knew that this happened later on, but I didn't know if it was the same money or what. Yep. Um. So yeah, that now you know That's what happens. Funny. Yep. So they have they got the Blackwater money. Um. So so the first thing you see in the credits. Um, which has has a lot of good songs, by the way, in the credits. I really enjoyed listening to all the music. This the first song is is my favorite. I think it's called Red. Um, I is that the song? I think so. Um, I didn't look up any of the names of the songs. I should have. You should listen to the all... soundtrack. That's that's your homework. Listen to the whole soundtrack on Spotify. Yeah, I'll do it because I've been waiting without having to spoil anything. Mm. Um, so the first thing you see is hold on, I lost my spot. Oh yeah, Arthur and Abigail's wedding. Which is really nice. Which I think it's hilarious that this happened like immediately after they kill Dutch because Sadie's still <laughs> wounded. Well, they don't kill Dutch; they kill Micah. Or you know what I mean? Yes, yeah, yeah. After they kill Micah, um, Sadie's like uh, it made me laugh that Sadie was still she's holding her stab wound while she's dancing. <laughs> what I love about I this scene, funny. and I didn't notice it until I rewatched it, is the the priest that's there. Yeah, they have a priest, but he looks like so uncomfortable and out of place. And it's not anyone that we know. It's just like a priest. Yep. And he's with all these funny characters. And it's just like, uh, I don't know. It makes me I laugh. didn't even notice that. That's so funny. Um, okay, there's a, there's a scene. Who was the girl writing in the credits? There's a girl writing. I oh, Mary Beth. Sure. Is that Mary? Okay, that's. I think I figured it out afterwards when she appeared again. Mary Beth um, went on to become a novelist like a like a sultry um cheesy novelist mm-hmm. um and she they I, there's a newspaper article that says something like people suspect that she writes about her own experiences living with a gang or or something um <laughs> but she's never confirmed or denied this so <laughs> that's funny um tilly right that's her name yep tilly so there's a there's a shot of i think it's tilly um she's with a rich man in saint denise Saint Denis. and she yeah. has a kid saint denis yeah she has yeah. a kid with her so tilly has a kid and she marries a lawyer um i didn't know about this but i think we can mention it now you can actually find and have a conversation with tilly and mary beth as john in the episode. and mary yeah oh i want to that's i don't domino girl whatever mary i mean <laughs> <laughs> why Mary? Why Mary over Tilly? I don't get it, man. Because I'm curious to what Mary has to say, like at this point. Yeah, like you go see Tilly, she'll just be like, "Want to play dominoes, John? Like, you know, they relive the old days." I'm I had a kidding. baby. You want to play dominoes? Yeah. <laughs> My gosh, you, wow, I, I can't go. believe you you reduce this character. Some some <laughs> actor has voiced her for like hours of content, and you're like, "Oh, the dominoes girl." <sighs> the domino girl. Oh man. That's terrible. I'm, I am joking, partially. I, I refer to her as that. Um, so yeah, you see... Oh yeah, you see Pearson making an honest living. Yes. I love that. And he has a picture of the gang still. And what... Isn't he like... What is he doing? He's like trying to like talk to a woman that came to shop there or something. I think so, yeah. And it just... He, he like walks back to his counter and he's like sighs. And then he takes a look at the wall at yep. the picture of a, a bunch of gang members. Mm-hmm. Which is funny, by the way, because if you know about how, like, those men are wanted, maybe you don't want a picture of you standing with them. <laughs> I know, that is <laughs> kind of funny. Out on display for everyone. No one's going to notice, right? Um, let's see. Oh, this is when I was... Okay. What, what were you going to say? Were you going to say something? You can go and see Pearson as well. 
Ooh, I want to go. I got to either do this or go watch the cutscenes. Yeah, you can you can watch. Um, but he 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 own well, I don't know if he owns, but he operates the store in Rhodes, believe it or not. Which wow, is funny cool. because when you when you go there with um Sadie and you you have the big gunfight with the Mexican mm. bounty guy. D- <laughs> Pearson just like in his shop probably cowering. Yeah, he's <laughs> probably terrified. To think about. That is funny. Um let's see. Oh yeah, so this one I was like, "Oh no, is this going to take a really dark turn?" Cuz the agents show up and I'm like, "No, no, 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 hold on." I was I was so worried there was going to be something left after the end of this game and it was going to turn really bleak. Like Oh yeah, take... that's that's Red Dead Redemption 1. It is, I know, but I was worried it was going to happen in this game. <laughs> yeah, like, they was, were going to take see. Abigail and Jack, and then it was just going to be John on his farm by himself. Oh, wow. That would be... So, all up, all up until the end, you kept saying Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to go all the way up to John on the train, yep. going to work with the agents. Well, I didn't know about on the train at this point. I was like, that would be kind of a little too much, but... I would not be surprised if John got back to his... Oh, no, it would that couldn't have wor- worked because it was all way after that. But if John had, like, left for a little bit and then came back and then his wife and his child was missing and that's how the game ends, that would be a crazy ending. Even though we obviously know what happened. But if mm-hmm. you didn't know that would happen, you'd be like, oh, my God. I gotta go play Red Dead 1 now. <laughs> that's what you'd be like. Oh, that's funny. Like, if... if... This game actually came out first, and they wanted to entice people mm-hmm. with the sequel. Then that was what they would do, yeah. Yeah, but they don't need to. So I, I, I think I like that they. I'm so glad. I'm so glad scene. they didn't. Yes, I'm so glad. You have no idea. Um, and then <laughs> so, agents hunting down John. I put as a question mark, and then I, and then Mary at Arthur Morgan's uh grave. That was that was kind of sad to watch. This is really hard to watch. Yeah. This scene, I think, nails the. The loneliness of grieving where Mm -hmm. you know that Mary is the only one who has this vision of Arthur anymore, right? Like, she can't talk to anyone about missing Arthur. She No. (sighs) Yeah, it's hard. Like, Arthur is dead and she's still carrying that weight with her everywhere she goes, but Mm -hmm. she can't share that. And it's not even, I don't know, something about death is what's what's so terrifying and sad to me about death is the way that someone is frozen in time and there's no there's no more of their story and you just are stuck with what they were mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know that that, no, that that's, scene that's... that scene is sort of killer for me but yeah. i will say i like to think i actually saw that and i was like how does mary beth know where arthur is buried and i thought oh the bro charles had the decency to write a letter to Mary Beth about, I'm not, I'm sorry, I keep saying Mary Beth, it's Mary, mm-hmm. to Mary about Arthur's death and where he's buried. Like, isn't that so nice, so yeah. sweet to think about that Charles would do that? And I, I'm presuming that, but really, how else would she but, know yeah, where his grave would, was? Yeah, and it, it makes sense, too. I think Charles would do that. Um, Let's see. Oh no, the agents found them. So this is the scene where Jack uh, Jack and John are with a horse and John's showing him how to like brush a horse and then in the background's the agents watching them I was like, My god, this is gonna end badly. That can was I, when I was like, Oh, this is actually gonna end terribly. Can I ask, in that scene, did you see the house as it was in Red Dead One? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because I 
<laughs> I wonder if I didn't say anything. Like, is that one you would have realized? Oh wait, this is the yeah, house. this is the Red Dead One house. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you see them just overwatching them. It's it's creepy. Oh yeah, the um the wolf and the elk show up in the credits together. Not Coy- together. Coyote. Sorry. Yeah, coyote. I didn't notice that. What do you? Uh... Oh, so there's there's a scene of a coyote, and then there's a scene of an elk or a deer, whatever it is. Which I think show up goes to show that them. they both exist. It's not yeah. you are the elk or you are the coyote. It's which one do you align with more? Mm-hmm. And there's also a very sad scene with um, rainfalls. I was about to say that. Yeah, I did write that down. Watching um, an eagle fly. Yeah. Which, of course, is a reference to his lost son and how yeah. lost he is. Lost son and lost culture, lost... Com- like life yeah, and lost, lifestyle yeah. everything you, like, you can't lost. even <sighs> that is like such a tragedy and his his character is so heartbreaking and his his like betra- um portrayal is so grounded he's a great character i love i loved his character and i put a sad face next to the notes in my phone when he popped up you, you can I, see- I had forgotten about him to that point you can meet him as well, actually. Ooh. I only know about any of this because I watched a video. I didn't organically discover it. Um, if I did, that would be insane. Discovering. So yeah. sorry if I'm ruining that for people and I don't think about it. But <sighs> yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers for Red Dead 2. Um, <laughs> for Red Dead 2, yeah. So during the credits, too, once you get to the actual rolling credits um, versus like the credits that pop up, kind of. It, I love how each character has a description like it's in a play. Oh, like what? That? What do you mean? No. Like, um, I wish I could remember any. I didn't write anything down. But, like, it'll be, like, Arthur Arthur Morgan will say, and then it'll be, like, Cowboy on a Road to Redemption. That's not what it says. But it'll say that, and then it'll say the actor's name. It'll oh. be, like, what what character were they? But it won't say, like, oh, John is, like, or, like, it literally will say Jack, John's son. Like, that's how it'll be described them. And oh, it, that's it's funny. Cool. I like it's that. It's like a play. That's what it reminded me of. Okay. I sort of want to look at them now and see if there's anything interesting. There's there. a lot of really like every character is named with something, even so, like minor characters. That's some insight that we have from the authors s- describing their own characters literally, which I mm-hmm. think is rare because I wonder what Dutch's tagline is because yeah. that I'm might just gonna, like, pull shed it up right now and talk as... about it. I mean, you can. I'll mm-hmm. I'll cover for you. Fill in for a second. Let me see if I can find it. Um, some other scenes that Brevin neglected to mention. I knew there was going <laughs> to be. Fine. <laughs> um, is you see you see Charles packing up and saying his goodbyes to. Oh yes, Abigail Why did I write John. that? Yeah, I do remember that. And the you assume that he goes on to uh, Canada, and then eventually you see the same for Sadie. I don't know mm-hmm. which order it is actually, but. Um, I think I thought it was maybe. No, it's not together. No, I think it's at different times. So that's that's oh, like okay, a bittersweet. Like you just want them to hang out together for the rest of time, but honestly, not really realistic. I'd be satisfied with that. So did you find him, Brevin? Oh my God, hold on. There's still more. This is insane. Okay, here we go. Uh, hold on. Oh, you're scrolling. Oh, it's in alphabetical video. order too. Oh, that's interesting. You yeah. Get so Arthur the first. Oh no, it's not. Never mind. It's not. It's in alphabetical order after. Wow, that's weird. It's like kind of in alphabetical order but not to a certain point it is okay Okay, so the the top three characters are dutch arthur and john and then after that it's in alphabetical order that's interesting huh so you want to hear the you want to hear the top three 
Dutch is the first character? Dutch is the first character. So it is... says the cast, the Vanderlyn gang. Oh. And then so it says the names of everyone in the Vanderlyn gang. It's almost like it's almost like the tiers of the within the gang from the gang structure. Yeah. Or is it Rockstar is um, telling us like who they believe the main characters are. The main are. character is, yeah. So you want here, here's what they are. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Dutch, Arthur, and John. Dutch, an outlaw. An outlaw. That's all it says. Yeah. Arthur, his most trusted senior gun. And John, a somewhat wayward protege of Dutch. <laughs> what? That's so interesting. What? What? There's a lot of really like you need you definitely need to look at this like Abigail John's common law wife Bill Williamson a former soldier Charles an expert hunter and fighter Hosea a con man and a thief Jack is John's son Javier an exiled Mexican uh Jose- Jose- Josiah is a magician and huckster oh that's Trelawney is it Josiah yeah it's Josiah yeah a magician and huckster Karen is a young lady thief Kieran is a man they kidnap. Wait, what's Karen? A man they kidnap. No, not that's not Karen. Kieran. Oh, Karen is a young lady thief. A young lady thief. Yeah, and Lenny is a young thief. I never, I never looked at these. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of cool things on there. Uh, when do they start uh, Mary showing Beth. the characters? Are you looking at Red Dead Redemption Two credits, Marston Wedding, and Ross finds John? No, I'm looking at one with nine views. <laughs> How did what? I find this video? <laughs> this video has nine views on it. <laughs> How do you do that? That's incredible. Eleven views now that I've watched it. Um, it's by I, I don't even know. Oh, so one. I this need is... to get to the very end end credits, not the yeah, red text. Those, like the rolling credits. Yes. Oh, the songs are so good. Okay. A disgraced man of the cloth is Reverend Swanson. Yep, I'm looking at that right now. Sadie Adler, widow. Mm-hmm. Susan, what the? Do you see Susan's a retired painted lady? Painted lady. Um, Is that referring to like, like women who were painted in like Renaissance era? I don't know. That's what I think of when I. I when think I hear it that. means like someone who's done up with makeup. Hmm. I don't know what I don't know what that means. If you know what that means, write in, please. Write in. <laughs> I love uncles. What's uncles? A, a, a pander pan- and degenerate. And degenerate. <laughs> Wait, he has two actors? Maybe that's um mocap and voice acting. Yeah, it could be. Um, yeah. And then after that, full cast is everyone in the game. They actually have something for everyone. Every single person in the game. You know what would be fun? Okay, stop looking at these. Okay. I want to create a trivia game where I read you the description and you Ooh. guess the character that it is. Like or vice versa. Well, okay, yeah, I like that a lot. That's something for next week. I I love this. I think this is so interesting. I'm surprised you didn't remember that. When I saw that, I was like, this is so cool. I think I didn't really look at the credits because I was like, okay, this is it. The game's over. Mm-hmm. Um Man. Yeah, that's it's it's a lot of effort to put in all the I mean, even though they're not really a lot of them aren't crazy, but some of them are are, are pretty interesting at least. All right, Brevin. So I do. We're gonna end with one. Well, actually, okay. Well, we. I have one more thing to say. No. No. Okay. Go ahead, we'll Brevin. Of course. Um, I did do one thing where I checked what's how stranger missions are done with John. 
even after Arthur's death. And I don't know if this. So I did. You remember the guy who takes the photos of the animals? Yeah. I think I've you know been following up with that throughout with him throughout the entire show. So let's end with him. Uh, oh, okay. I checked out what he wanted to do. So I don't know if it's because Arthur was dead that I was able to do this mission, or if I was able to do it before he died, and like it would be different. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. But I don't. I know. went and did. I yeah yeah. I went and did the last thing, and so J- Stranger Missions are done with John. They're addressed by John introducing himself and saying he heard about them through an old friend of his, and then saying he passed some time ago. And then this is a quote from the guy that takes the photos of the animals. He says, "Ah, yes, of course, I remember Arthur. Fine fellow. What a shame." Ah, yeah. So I guess okay. So that might make sense because John has the journal, so he could mm-hmm. theoretically look back and say, "Oh, like there's this wild hunt, wildlife photographer that Arthur knew." Yeah. Um. And what, what was the mission, by the way? You go and you go to a swamp and you take photos of alligators, <laughs> and you push them around. You roam around in a boat. Yeah. Okay. I I think I did this mission as Arthur, so I think. Oh, so then yeah. It would be, yeah. That's so interesting because I wonder how many of those missions there are. Because it's funny to just go up to the guy and then be like, "Hi, I'm John Marston. <laughs> you don't know me, but I know you." <laughs> yeah, that is funny. All right, yeah, Brevin. So, all I, do you have anything else? What a great game. I'm very glad that when I was younger, I was introduced to Red Dead 1. I don't know how I was introduced to it. Probably because it's a Rockstar game. And I was like, I want more Grand Theft Auto. But that was that has gone down as one of my favorite games of all time. Easily in my top 10. Not that I really know what the numbers, like where I would put it in my top 10, but it's in my top 10 easily, Red Dead 1. Why, what, well, what I sort of feel like is, can't, what, how could it not be my favorite game? Red Dead 1 or 2? Or just two. series are you talking? 2, okay. Because what other game has this caliber of thought and energy put into it? You know what I mean by that? Yeah, for for games that I've played, no, I can't really think of one that's maybe... I mean, obviously, I've never put in this amount of time into analyzing a game. Usually, it's like, all right, I'm done. Um, mm-hmm. But with this, with, with actually analyzing it, it's it's crazy to see how much is crammed into every single thing that they decided to do in the game. Because, yeah, personally for me, like, Fallout New Vegas is probably my favorite game. And it's, like... <laughs> If it, just thinking about it right now, comparing that game to this game, it's not mm-hmm. even on the same in the same atmosphere. Like, but so so I couldn't. I could. I can still say Fallout New Vegas is my favorite game, sure. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you can't say that Red Dead Redemption Two is. I think you can say confidently that it is the best game you have played. Yes, it is. I I can confidently say that Red Dead Two is the best story based game I have ever played. Oh, I, it's interesting that you hold back there. What what are you thinking of besides that? For multiplayer, you're saying? Oh, so you're you're saying multiplayer is a different category. Yeah, that's a whole different beast, yeah. Because um, if, you... if I actually want to say my favorite game of all time, I'll, I'll say it because I know why it is that way. And I think a lot of it is to do with nostalgia and how this what this game means to me and how it brought me together with friends is Halo 3. That is my favorite mm, game of all time. That's a good choice. Halo 3, yeah. man. Because I, I spent so much time in every aspect of that game. Playing with friends, the campaign, everything about it, I just love. It's a great game. And that's, you know, that's my ultimate. 
we we're setting up as if we're closing and i didn't mean to give you that impression brevin because mm-hmm. we do have some questions that i save for the end that i okay. have yet to yep. ask um okay this is david right mm-hmm. david from the uk the running theory and i this is gonna blow your mind are you ready i yes the running theory is that john killing micah bell is what leads to the government finding him again. John kills Micah. Agents find his body. Start asking questions. Identify John and boom, RDR1. He shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't have done it. If if that is the case, and that makes sense because the agents do find the body and that is shown. It's not like that's, that's assumed. That is literally shown in the credits. Them going up to him and finding him. Yeah, that checks out. I can't. I have nothing to say. Like, oh, it could might not be. No, I think that is literally why this this reality, and I will call it that, completely justifies Abigail. Yep, she was right. Don't go, John. Don't go. Let it go. And he can't. And this is what this ending that you felt so satisfied by while you're playing through it is what leads to all of the pain and suffering in red dead one because he didn't listen to arthur man get out of the life john and he couldn't just I got nothing to say. one That's... more yeah i just gotta i just gotta kill micah that's it and then i'll be back and i'll be a rancher or whatever but that is what led to his ultimate downfall yeah i i, th- I agree with that 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 theory that's 100 percent. that's got to be true i would say it's not a theory i think that is exactly it's obvious enough that like yeah this is what we're meant to interpret that's terrible so there you go brevin yep i'm still team abigail <laughs> abigail see abigail is like the the truth in this game <sighs> and, what else do we got god yeah i know i don't even i don't know what there is to say about that besides like yeah wow <laughs> yeah um, i'm glad that you said it though because i would have never put that together unless i probably played through the game again maybe i would have but i will say when i was i didn't put this together until i, st- I watched the playthrough again and i i actually was like piecing it together in my mind i was like whoa what like do people know about this and of course like yeah people know about yeah. this is like a common uh interpretation um so ria writes in well we already know that but Mm -hmm. these are some questions that i saved for the end (laughs) now that now that brevin's finished the game i have to ask and now this this caught me off guard i'm I'm gonna be honest do you guys think jack is really john's he bears a striking resemblance to a certain cow poke we all know and abigail was originally a prostitute after all (laughs) <laughs> the look of, i wish i wish we I, I we could share the look on your face right now brevin that has never crossed my mind <laughs> and cowpoke's talking about arthur right yep no i can't i can't believe that that ruins <laughs> that ruins my thoughts on abigail and, and their whole family i can't i can't even i'm i i'm no Rhea, I, i'm sorry i'm not even gonna think about it you're not gonna acknowledge it. that it's, i can't i just refuse no no I, re- I will acknowledge i guess that's possible i don't know i don't think so i i don't think it looks enough like arthur i don't know i want to look at like real comparisons because i'm sure people have done them 
Um, but I do know they talk about Abigail being a prostitute all the time. It comes up all the time in Red Dead 1. Like, oh, we all had her, and then you're the, just the one that married her or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we didn't really see that in Red Dead 2, and I was expecting to, like, see them meet, or I guess. Or mingle, yeah, or, like, something like that. Well, see th- see them before they were, like, an item. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't see that. Sorry if you can hear dishes in the background. I heard one. Hopefully it'll like get edited out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, now I lost my train of thought. Abigail, prostitute. <laughs> Red Dead 1. Red Dead 2. Um, there is, I think, I don't know, ju- just the idea of, of Arthur using Abigail as a prostitute and then getting her pregnant is just like... Ugh, yeah, that is so, so gross and weird, and I don't want to think about that. I don't know. Did she read this on her own, or did she read this somewhere? I want to know. This, I know she this probably is, didn't say that. This is a theory um, I've seen around. I don't know. I mean, she might have thought about it on her own, for sure. But, because Jack... I don't know. I like... It's sort of like a, a nice thought that... Arthur lives on in Jack. No, and... don't ever say that. Don't, no, that's weird. you don't like it. I think I don't it's. Like that I'm on. All. I'm on team weird. I don't like that. I'm, yeah, on I'm team sorry. Weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's an interesting point. I hope it's not true. I yeah, I, I, I be prefer true. to believe that it's just John's son and that's it. Yeah. Um, I will say <laughs> if that were the case, I think Rockstar would have hinted more at some past romance between Abigail and Arthur. Mm. Um, Which and is ne- that's never even remotely that. to that. They right. have like a friendship. I I played dominoes with Abigail for like an hour, and he talked about how I think Abigail says like, "Oh, didn't you used to play dominoes with Mary?" And Arthur's probably like, yeah, "Yep." Um, <laughs> Did but... you used to play dominoes with Tilly? And you'd be like, "No, I never played with her. <laughs> <laughs> never Tilly." <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't think about that, Brevin. No, Let me know if you have it, any more it, out in one ear, out the other. You're not gonna think about <laughs> <laughs> right in if you have any more thoughts about that. That makes me feel gross. I don't like Yeah. I mean I don't know. <laughs> okay, finally going back to the question that we saved for the end. Alright, here we go. What would you like to see if a new Red Dead Redemption game ever comes along? What do you want out of a sequel or pre or second prequel or whatever? No, I don't want a sequel or prequel. I want a, I want a new characters in the same universe. That is the best way to do this, I think. In a different time period, slightly different, not too much, obviously. You can't get too far ahead. New new characters in the same universe, obviously. So the events of Red Dead One and Two happened, and maybe there's slight references to them. Interesting. I think I, I think this story has been told. I I'm I agree with you there. I don't know though. I remember before Red Dead Redemption Two came out and it had a confirmed name. People thought it would be like Red Dead Revenge or something. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember that. And they ended up calling well because the original game is Red Dead Revolver, which I think is another podcast episode where we can play through that. That would be a lot of fun. That'd be yeah. Um. So that makes me think. Hold on, sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but Red Dead Revolver is not related lore wise to. No, uh, okay. well we can right. find out but i'm almost certain it's not i'm pretty sure it's not. it's either. like it's like uh, supernatural a little bit okay. um well i guess i guess red dead is a little bit too now that i will in easter eggs um 
So I, I just to, to use the name Red Dead Redemption 3, like to just to think of them using the name, which business reasons you want to use the same name, right? Yeah. This is off topic. You ever hear about the whole Call of Duty situation that happened in 2009 where when Modern Warfare 2 came out, they weren't going to use the Call of Duty logo on it. They were just going to call it Modern Warfare 2 and like Activision was like, no, you guys cannot do that. That's why the main menu does not say Call of Duty. There's a lot of things in it that don't say Call oh, of Duty Oh, that's all. funny. Yeah. They added it afterwards. That's why it's so much smaller than Modern Warfare 2. That's <laughs> funny. They, that exact same thing. It's not worked. Them. Yeah, that makes sense. That's weird. I okay. I think I I heard about this in some of the coverage leading up to the. What was the game that came out? It's it's weird. Modern Warfare. Right? It's called Mo- Yeah. Don't even. Yeah, get it's, me a it's a reboot. It's a reboot. Nothing to do. Technically. It's conf- It's confusing. Yeah, it is confusing. Um, but to call another game Red Dead Redemption, and not have it based around the same characters feels weird be, to me. Yeah. But. Things like Assassin's Creed have done that, so it's true. There's room, yeah, and you can you can make games around the concept of redemption, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you, it's, I th- go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say you're gonna say something. Um, with Assassin's Creed, it might be a little different because Assassin's Creed one and two are literally completely different characters, and bro- Brotherhood is a sequel to two, and Revelations is a sequel to Brotherhood, and then three is a new character. It's like the numbered series are the new characters, which that's not true anymore. Well, but, that's true with Red Dead Redemption as well. You played as John, and then you played as Arthur. And then you played as John again, so it's not completely true. Well, come on, though. <laughs> you, it but I mean, like, the characters still exist, though. You know what I mean? Like, John is in Red Dead 2, but Altair isn't in 2. He's in Revelations, but... So they could, but I'm saying they could do that. They could have Red Dead 3 with a different character in the same universe... That mm-hmm. is just having their own struggle. Um, specifically, we're thinking about Sadie. I think it would be really cool to see like an older woman portrayed as a main character and see her arc that she follows. But I wonder mm-hmm. if there's too much work to do there to create a new story around to her. make it interesting. And it, if you're gonna do, because if if she is so her her narrative is so complete at this point, I feel like that. Yeah. If you're going to go through with, like, creating more drama around her, you might as well just make a new character at that point. Yeah, that's what I feel like. I feel like every character's arc is complete, besides maybe Jax. That's the only one, but I don't think that's worth even looking into. Like, like I don't know. That's, like, that's really the only thing I can see going, like, forth with, with another sequel that has nothing... That has to do with an uh, original character so, in the older it, games. Here's the thing about Jack, right? You you tell the story of of a cowboy who is trying to not be a gangster anymore, but they sort of are still, and their past haunts them. Mm-hmm. That's what happens in Red Dead 1, and really that's what happens in Red Dead 2. Are you going to do Red Dead 3 and have it be the same thing, where Jack is a cowboy who has a past that's going to haunt him? I mean... He doesn't really have a past that's going to haunt him, except for his killing of the agent, right? Hmm. But what is the story to tell with Jack? I just don't that's what get I mean. it. There's nothing to tell. There's not that I I completely agree with you. There's nothing there. I will say it would be very satisfying to have a fulfilling end for Jack because his ending right now is not good. Yeah, it's awful. And it makes the sacrifices of Arthur and John 
feel less than they ought to. Um, but really, a happy ending for Arthur, a fulfilling, I'm sorry, for Jack, would be one that wouldn't be an interesting video game. You know yeah, what I mean? I don't think, I don't think it would be. It would be, it would be leaving the life, which John failed to do. So what do you what is there to do with Jack? I just don't I just don't see it. And who are they going to have you play it as when Jack dies at the end of the game? <laughs> like, they have to continue the trope now. That has to be that's a red dead thing now. What I what I would like to pitch though is a Charles game where Charles isn't the bro, he's the guy, right? Maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't make it all the way up to Canada. I know I I made a rant about how Rockstar wouldn't make a non-America game. Um I don't know though. Maybe they would do Canada. Cause... It's different when it's historical, in my opinion. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I think it's a little different. Like when you're making fun of modern, like places, countries. We didn't talk about this on this podcast. I think we talked about it on. Um, did we talk about it on this podcast? I don't remember. Might as well have. I don't know. I don't remember. But we talked about how we don't think that Rockstar would make a modern GTA game in a different country because, like of where they're at least this was my theory like they're an american company i think that's right well they're they are thematically so interested in making fun of american culture yeah and that is what they've done what they do but i think red dead redemption and red dead redemption red dead redemption 2 Mm -hmm. are very american games they are the classic american ideologies battling each other right i mean it's Mm -hmm sort of uh, i don't want to get too into that but like libertarian versus big government and trying to find out what where where is right and what is the best way to live yeah i don't know what i'm gonna actually put this on hold and i want us both to think about what we want think seriously about what makes sense as a sequel you know what i want to do brevin what and remember I did this before where I said, you have all the budget and make me Red Dead Redemption 2. And like, yep. how would you do? How long would it take you? I'm going to give you the budget for the next Red Dead Redemption game. It's going to be a Red Dead Redemption game. Mm-hmm. You know what the story is so far. What is it? Also, when is when is it coming out? And how much does it cost? <laughs> how much is it going to cost? I have to put that. It's such a big game. It costs more than $60. I can't believe the games are still $60. That I've this read, game I've read some, I've read some articles about that. Yeah. That's like five movie tickets. The cost of five movies is Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, are you out of your mind? Yeah. I wonder if we'll ever see games go up in price. I think it will happen. It has well, to. Well, there's the, there's the counter argument that they're making money through in-game transactions and, like, if if Grand Theft Auto V, for example, was sold at $120, then they'd have less of a player base, so they would have less people buying the shark cards, so then they would mm-hmm. actually make less money overall. But that is a rant I don't want to have today, Brevin. Yes, I know. So, wow, it's been a long episode. <sighs> we got one more. One more for this. If there's another season of Red Dead Reflection, I don't know. <laughs> Do we want to say what this season? Okay, yes. And you know what? I promise I will have... You know what, Brevin? You and I need to meet and figure out what the heck we're going to do moving forward so that we can not just keep (laughs) saying, you never know what's going to happen, listener. (laughs) Um, Please write into reddeadcast at gmail.com. I know that this episode was email heavy, um, but I still think that having you guys 
I don't want to defend the email segment. I know that people like the emails, but <laughs> um, next episode is an episode that is befitting a lot of emails because I want yes. to get everyone's opinion on the game as a whole. What do you want out of the next Red Dead game? What do you think of Dutch? Who is he? Did John make the right decision? Are you team Micah? Let me who know. Is, who is Jack's father? That's who is Jack's <laughs> father? We need the Maury, like, you are the father. Um... <laughs> Yeah. See, just to go back to that, I don't, I mean, people are young and like, like having sex, sure. But Mm -hmm. Arthur and John are, well, maybe John, he had that scene with Karen that I just mentioned, but Arthur looks like he's so, he, again, he doesn't partake with any prostitutes throughout the game, even though Mm -hmm. he's not in a relationship. Like he's, we talked about that too. Yeah. It's interesting that they didn't do that. He seems very, um. What is that called? Where you have one mate. Monogamous? Monogamous. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, all right. And with that, <laughs> <laughs> you know you know that it's gone on too long when we start going on these like weird little... <sighs> Something that I hope to do is become better at ending. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't know. It's just because you're holding your head... Like, you're just losing your mind right now. That's I all am. it looks like. I am, Brevin. Um, so thank you for being in. here for the whole ride. And please really? In. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this this resolution. I feel... You know how we were saying that it's hard to play this game and not have someone to talk about it? Oh, I my God. I feel now imagine. like I well, talked about like... it. Yeah, me too. Like, I'm feel... satisfied. So if I you... Ne- <laughs> What, what, what are you going to say? I never had the experience of not feeling that way, but I'm glad that I feel <laughs> like I've talked about it with someone. You're welcome, Brevin. Um, <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening to us and you're like, oh my God, how can you feel that way because you didn't talk about this, this thing that I want to talk about so bad, mm-hmm. please write in. We'll read it on the show. and We'll, we'll yep. hash it out. <sighs> As always, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you, Brevin. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you for being such a great co-host. Even though it's, it's not completely done, but it, this is this is almost it. We have done a good job. I was going to say a great job, but I'm going <laughs> to... No, we're, we're going to reserve you want, that for You need to podcast. save room for improvement, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank this you. This has been Red Dead Reflection. Adios. <laughs>